We would like to warn of a trigger warning for this episode. This book has violence against children in it, so please be forewarned. Welcome to Read Smut, the podcast that reads and reviews romance and erotica. We're your hosts, Faith, Katie, and Meg. We're joined by our illustrious sound engineer and editor, Kelsey, who has never read romance. We would like to remind you that this podcast gets spicy and is not recommended for children. And this week we have a special guest on the podcast, vampire aficionado, romance reader, craft maven, HR hero, and mom, Caitlin. Woo! Hello, hello. Welcome, Caitlin, to our book podcast. Caitlin, do you read romance? Um, I have in the past, not recently, except for this thrilling adventure that we're gonna be reading here soon i've read through like the sookie stackhouse novels if you consider that romance which yeah it's pretty steamy it's pretty steamy and she like falls in love with multiple, multiple people creatures. so many <laughs> yeah so i definitely would yeah so yeah i've read through that i used to read some here and there but not recently so i'm excited to to jump in and see where this one takes us would you mind reading the back cover for us i will this episode we are reading kiss of wrath by sandra hill this book is the fourth in the fantasy deadly angel series and was published in 2014 the vangels are back in kiss of wrath the latest in sandra hill's best-selling deadly angel series no wicked wenches or wild rampages it's been centuries since mortar the berserker was turned into a vangel a viking vampire angel as punishment for his sin of wrath, and he's been frustrated ever since. It's not so bad being stuck in modern-day Las Vegas. What better place to slay lucifiers, or demon vampires, than the original Sin City? But Mortar's mission is expanded to new assignment, protect lustworthy Miranda Hart. Miranda's well-ordered life turned into chaos when she unexpectedly inherited her late cousin's five children. Now her cousin's dangerous husband is about to be paroled, and she needs a miracle to keep them all safe. That miracle arrives on her doorstep in the form of a very buff, handsome man with a very strange name. Mortar wants nothing to do with red-haired wench or children. Miranda wants nothing to do with gorgeous hunk who claims to be a Viking. As Miranda and Mortar give into temptation, they must decide if they fit in each other's worlds before their enemies close in on them. All right. Wow. <laughs> Sounds like a lot. So looking at it, it does on the back say, how are we going to pronounce this? Is it a Vangel? Is it a Vangel? Is it a Vangel? I would say Vangel like angel with a V personally. I like Vangel. Do we have to all say it the same way? <laughs> Evangel. I think my question is more, how are we going to say, is it mortar? Mortar. I think I'm going to have a hard time not saying Mordor. I just like, that's already given for me. So oh yeah, because on the back, it's M-O-R-D-R. Mortar. It could be a real name. I, I would it hope she totally did some research. It I probably is. Yeah. Like a Viking name. Like, I think yeah. Vangel makes the most sense. Viking vampire angel. What did you want to call it? Vangel. I mean, if you want to say that, we're gonna know, we're gonna know what you're talking I mean, Meg, about. If you're feeling fancy, <laughs> the vangel or vangel because G's are, <laughs> are tricky sometimes. <laughs> okay, all right, it's settled. It's time to judge this book by its cover. 
So um, let's look at the cover of this. <laughs> <laughs> and I believe we have two different covers. We do. Yes, we're going to look at both of them because Caitlin and Faith are going to do the audio book. And then yeah. Meg yeah. and I have the, the paperback copy. The physical book. Um, Which are giving off two very different vibes. Oh, yeah. yeah. What do you guys have? So ours is, I would say it, he's it's a guy. Evangel, I Vandal. presume. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> He's got wings, like white, feathery wings, traditional angel okay. wings. Okay. Uh, I would say maybe like in his 30s or so. I don't know like if maybe. Yeah, like yeah. early 30s. Early 30s, chiseled jaw, looking off. He's brooding, which seems pretty spot on for a, at least a vampire. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. He's got a leather jacket and a white t-shirt. And that's nice. that's it. There's like some fire sparks behind him, but oh, yeah. okay. and Sandra Hill's name is almost as large as the title itself. It is, yeah. <laughs> oh gosh. Okay. Oh, Kelsey's looking at the cover. She's gonna give us her. Kelsey's shocked by the difference. So ours is it's Liam Neeson holding the sword of Gryffindor. Like like with like a volcano looks like how did he find the time to pose for that (laughs) (laughs) between his hectic film schedule and he has some wings too kelsey's right he does look angry he's kind of like giving a smolder but like an anger smolder he looks brooding sad so sad this guy's like he's mad but also turned on which i guess works it and works. his hair is completely different than your cover. This guy has a beard and like long, flowy hair. Oh, oh yeah, and your Ours guy is has like, like modern, like a modern haircut. Very modern. Yeah. Short. Yeah. He so has we'll an see. Intricate belt. With studs. Intricate belt that is just kind of pointing to his groin area. It like really it's draws like the eye. It. Yeah. It's framing his groin. I feel like your the b- actual book cover is what I would expect from like a romance novel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Our like the audiobook cover is not it just yeah. seems very sedate like, yeah he's like i guess i'm an angel <laughs> yeah he's like yeah i'm like james I'm here. dean yeah yeah very james dean yeah. like and i might just stop him like the audiobook and be like oh what is this about but yours the actual book is like a oh i know what this is we about. know what it is <laughs> yeah, yeah it's very clearly obvious. about viking vampire angels <laughs> <laughs> yeah my is question that... is are they like also bikers because both covers he had a leather jacket that on, is a good thing this one looks kind of like a duster though like it's so long <laughs> it is pretty long that it's like a dust i mean you can oh, ride a motorcycle with a duster is. yeah you're right that's fine mm. text on our cover is a little bit more colorful yes and sandra hill's <laughs> name is twice as big as the oh title. wow it is big it's all about sandra so i think she's she's a new york times best-selling author oh so the, her name is the selling point not necessarily yeah, yeah her book. name and then Lindsay sands who is a, another romance author she has a quote an awesome dot 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 series exclamation point <laughs> So the ellipses on there really makes me question that quote, but (laughs) I don't know what they cut out. I'm sure it's going to be great. I'm this awesome Viking vampire. Well, I mean, the the back matter alone is like a roller coaster. It is. I'm sorry. What is happening right now? How many children? Yeah. Five children. (laughs) Kelsey says that's five children too many. <laughs> she apologized to Caitlin, who is a mother. That is okay. okay. <laughs> uh, well, it's nice that we'll have a mo- like a mother, right? Like, yeah, that yeah. you're yeah, going to be like an interesting twist that they put on there that this there's five children involved in this romance five? novel. Yeah, right? I wonder about that. It's, which is that mm. kind of stood out to me a little bit yeah. reading the back of it. 
Like, when do you have time to, for, for the five children to have Romeo? Yeah. Right? And then you've got this Vangel. And then Evangel. <laughs> Vangel. A lot of layers. Vangel. Vangel. <laughs> I feel like whoever this lady is, she's going to need a, a good therapist with everything going on in her yeah, life. Yeah, right? Oh, man. <laughs> she's got a lot on her plate. Oh, man. So is this the first paranormal we die? I know we did Dragon's Gift. Okay. Well, we have a lot of different. I think I guess I was thinking of the whole Viking vampire angel combo. To me, it's just very new because most of the other ones we find it's like one element. This yeah, one combines. It's like sh- a lot. subgenre on subgenre mm-hmm. on subgenre. So yeah. it's like you get a lot of them. So you know, it's just go. You know, marketing. You're just going for a wider audience. So you're like, we'll get the vampire people. people. We'll get the angel people. Yeah. Are there much like angel? There are. I've read. Oh, several. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Okay. I also read one book and we have to like, I'll have to talk about it. It was about the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Oh, that oh sounds fun. <laughs> yeah, it was what? really, it was a, it was a ride. It was a ride. <laughs> it was, he was pestilence, I think. So wow. he falls in love with a lady and she falls in love with him. I mean, there's no time like when the world's in. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Their enemies are closing in on them. So I'm wondering if he has enemies and she has enemies. And that's what it sounds like because yeah. the paroled oh, yeah. husband of her cousin. Oh. This Things, poor woman. The demon vampires probably then? Too? Let's see. Yeah, the Lucifiers. Luci- Luci- I think I said that that's right. That's how I would Luci- say Because vampire. Modern day Las Vegas. So I don't know if this is going to have to do with like also the Vegas Strip. Like is there going to be Yeah, they said like Sin City. Like casino scene. Britney Spears concert. <laughs> <laughs> or the Barry Manilow concert. Oh, you could do okay. Barry Manilow. Yeah. Oh, Will wow. they have time for a concert with all their enemies closing I mean, in around them? There's, there could be like a fight scene and like while Barry is singing <laughs> in the back. <laughs> as Barry was hitting That'd that high epic. note, like, That'd be epic. the Vangels were coming in. I don't know. <laughs> so we've got like the typeface. It's pretty standard. It's just kind of like it's a serif font, kind of Viking ish looking, right? Oh, uh, would you guys pick this? Book up off the shelf if you saw it. It probably for me wouldn't be the first paranormal I would pick up because it seems like a lot, but I think it's a great one for us to discuss together. Yeah. Just on the cover, no. Kiss of Wrath isn't very descriptive or it it is very... uh, It's kind of one of those where it's like it's not, but it is because it seems very on the nose, but then not at all descriptive of what it could be. Like from the cover, I would not get Vampire with two different covers i might i'd be more likely to pick the actual physical copy cover up that's a good point than the one that we had on the audiobook that's true i might pick it up and read the back just because kiss of wrath someone's angry and i like an angry brooding hero mm-hmm. i think you guys yeah yeah i think that makes sense do you like you like angel you dig an angel no i absolutely <laughs> hate angel i don't like angel giles what? is forever my buffy love I love Giles. I don't like Wesley and I don't like Xander and I don't like Angel. Do you like Spike? Spike is okay. I mean, I'm at the point where Spike is still kind of like a sad boy. She like, hasn't gotten there quite yet. <laughs> is, he, like, is he with Drusilla still? He, he just he broke just up. just broke her. up with her and he's like using like young women in college to like dig a hole to find treasure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That's where I've gotten so far. <laughs> okay. So. <laughs> You know, treasure hunter. This just became a yeah, Buffy podcast. Kelsey doesn't know. It's okay. We'll all watch Buffy together one day. Well, yeah. Should we mention like why I am oh, doing this one? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, so there's a reason we chose Caitlin to join this. Yeah, there's a reason why we chose Caitlin. So we have sort of a vampire history with each other. When Faith and I met, we found out that we both kind of grew up with Buffy, mm-hmm. and then we. I think Meg, you and I then started watching True, True Blood. Blood. Great show. As I mentioned, I read all the Sookie Stackhouse novels, and so I was watching True Blood with yeah. Meg. Um, and we'd sit on my bed as she cut out patterns. I know. Snip, snip, snip. Russell, Russell, Russell. Snip, snip. It was still enjoyable. Um, and then when Faith and I lived together, we all would watch Vampire Diaries with yes. um, our friend Sunny and then my sister. Yes. So we would all watch that. It was very fun. Yes, it was. And at first, I was very skeptical. I remember coming in. Just like, I don't know about this. Because it was different. Because it was like the teen angst. It's like a teen angst. angst. But then again, I love a set. Although, I don't like either of the Salvatore brothers. (gasps) I like Klaus. Klaus is my favorite. Well, they're all lovely. (laughs) I do also like Matt, the only human left (laughs) in the town. Shout out to Matt. Shout out to Matt. (laughs) I hope he's still a human. (laughs) yeah uh, yeah so that's, that's why, why caitlin's yeah. joining us on this vampire viking angel extravaganza yeah i think it's a viking vampire angel thing. viking vampire <laughs> angel. i guess we'll find out which, <laughs> we'll find out. which comes first <laughs> yeah it's quite the mix right because it's like was he a vampire who was also a viking who is an angel or was he an angel first and then became a that vampire? would be my thought so my thought would be he's a viking because Okay, you're a human, you're a Viking, you're doing your thing, and then you're... Well, I guess it could go either way. You're a vampire that gets redemption and becomes Maybe. an angel, or you're an angel that goes bad. Bad. Well, it does say wrath. So, so maybe. Okay. Do you guys want to read this? I guess yeah. one way to find out. Let's do it. <laughs> okay, so we'll be right back after reading this book. Feel free to pause and read along, or just enjoy our review. You can check out our upcoming books on our Instagram and read them with us. Here we go, guys. (laughs) Welcome back. I mean, I think... I don't want to like kind of jump ahead, but maybe everyone can kind of give like a couple of words on what they think of this awesome dot, dot, dot series. I would just probably say one big sigh or groan in a not so positive way. Okay. Because I guess you could say like you enjoyed it groan, but no, it was a bad groan. Okay. Yeah, peace. Mm. Like that. (laughs) (laughs) that's what i mean yeah just like uh. (laughs) kaylee do you have a yeah i i echo what katie and faith said i was frustrated okay and disappointed yeah in what should have been exciting but it wasn't and there were things that were really out of the blue that were i'm gonna say a little disturbing Mm-hmm. A little disturbing. Very fair. Yes. Like, really caught me off guard. So, wait, Meg, what about you? Yeah. Um, I would say disappointment, and I was disturbed but from the get go. Yeah. yeah. And it just, I think it just needed like a good edit. Like, some stuff needed to be cut out. So, it just need, it needed to be edited. It just, it was disappointing. I think that's the, the word that I'll go with. 
disappointing. Yeah, it's confusing mm-hmm. too. Confused, a little, yeah. I, I finished it very confused about what I just read. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of emotions. Yeah, so many emotions. I have. Um, I think I used about half of my post-it notes just like on marking off yeah your book looks a little little crazy yeah it's a there are a lot of tabs a lot of dog ears yeah i dog eared on almost i probably could have done every page honestly but i did i felt like every other page yeah yeah uh so we should put a picture of what our books look like because we (laughs) marked a lot of things we did so yeah after caitlin started listening to it i got a text from her and she's like i'm a little into the book feelings and i was like what does that mean and then i started reading and i was like oh yeah. feelings yeah. <laughs> yeah definitely an emotional roller coaster like i said from the get-go roller coaster <laughs> caitlin how about you give us a synopsis of or just okay what events happen right who yeah prologue opens and we are in the viking time so right from the get-go viking part of the viking angel vampire he's a ad Oh, which is C-E now in the Norselands. Yeah. <laughs> so that's where we open. That. And you see the main character, Mortar. He and his warriors and some of his brothers, I think I'm remembering, yeah. um, are coming back from what Vikings do best. And they're coming back. They've been out all winter or something like that. And so they're coming back home. And when they get home, bad news everyone's dead mm-hmm. and this is where the upsetting and disturbing this, part yeah. first first thing jumps in right out of the gate yeah just right out of right gate. out of it at that point i kind of wanted to put it down that's oh, yeah, where, that's too. when i text faith <laughs> yeah <laughs> just like the prologue was, you weren't even like i wasn't even very far in and yeah i think it was the first of my double double highlighted because i had to like at one point i had to like double double highlight like star my yeah my tabs and say this is what i want to talk about it was very disturbing and i hated it right so what was so disturbing about it was that you know they come home and their village is just wrecked clearly since they've been gone another raiding group has come through and just destroyed their home village you're following mortar though and he goes to his home and we find out that he had a family, a wife, and two children, and a, a daughter, and a son. Mm-hmm. And a mistress. Oh, and a mistress. And a mistress. As well. A very important some mistress. Yes. Yeah. Right. That's the only character. Because he had a nagging out. wife or something like that. Yeah. I, was, <sighs> we are, I have a lot to say on this, like a yeah. lot. But anyway, so what was so disturbing is not, she didn't just allude to that his family is now dead and he is weeping over the bodies of his dead family members. No, they, she goes and describes how they are dead or how mortar presumes they had died or were killed so she describes the little oh trigger warning trigger warning yeah you want a trigger warning before this this is pretty um yeah so like violence violence toward children and women yeah like Mm -hmm. okay so just trigger warning so little boy looks like he had been like bludgeoned in the back of his head and mortar finds the body mm-hmm. and so then he goes looking for the rest it looks like his wife had and the mistress had been like raped and killed and then he goes to find his daughter his tiny five-year-old daughter. his tiny five-year-old daughter who was naked and he also presumed that she had been raped and killed Mm-hmm. So that's how we start the book. Graphic detail. This is the prologue. <laughs> this is the prologue. <laughs> yeah. And I I was very nervous personally after I read the prologue. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't there was this 
like my first note was like, hey, there are some interesting historical details, like the trepanation and like the mm-hmm. longboats and, and the, all the that. Castle and, like, was made of wood. That's like very accurate. I, was, I think people usually think of castles being stone, stone right? And mm-hmm. I was like, kind of getting in. I was like, oh, she did some research, but then when it was talking about the the sexual assault and murder of his family in detail, I was like, one, you're using them as a plot device, which I hate. Mm -hmm. Like, I hate having fridged girlfriends and fridged wives and fridged children, but also, like, showing in graphic detail the sexual assault of a child. And it was graphic. It was graphic. Mm -hmm. We're not going to read it. No. I don't want anyone... I mean, I kind of want to, like, tell people what page it is so they can just, like... Skip it? it? I mean, yeah, page five and six. Just skip. Just skip page five and six. You don't have to read it. Yeah. And then on top of that, like, so I'm, like, scarred from that. And then it's, like, he raised his arms to tear at his own hair. A roar of outrage. No! (laughs) With, like, ten O's and an an exclamation point. And Mm -hmm. I was, like, are you fucking kidding me? Swear jar. Swear jar. Swear jar. You'll get that. Soon. Yeah, you'll get that in a minute. Um, yeah, I did not. I wanted to throw the book away. I'm not so, gonna lie. as you guys can guess, that's where the wrath comes in. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he turns into wrathful. He's wrath origin story there. Um, so yeah. he's wrathful because of what happened, which is natural. But so then he yeah. and his brothers go on this killing spree of they figure out who this neighboring peoples are that have killed his family in the village and he that is his mission now is to kill everyone within that group Mm -hmm. so then it brings us to the end of this prologue where they're at this battle and he's now wounded i do want to say there was a really great and very confusing metaphor (laughs) or it's the field became slippery with sword dew. Is that just blood? It was very unclear. I didn't know what she was talking about, so I highlighted like, it. Do you have like, sweaty swords or <laughs> is it just a bunch of blood? Please clarify. <laughs> so anyway, okay. So I'm then sorry. so then Mortar has been wounded. He is in the process of dying. Yeah. Then enters a new character. Um <laughs> Michael, the archangel. <laughs> See, Michael. Just like hanging out, chilling. You know, as he as he does. So yeah, so enters the angel part of this Viking angel vampire yeah. combo. So Michael then explains that he needs Mordor to well, help fight the Lucifers. Yes. <laughs> Lucifer's vampires. vampires. Yes. My favorite part of the scene, though, is that he says, I'll need you to be a vangel. And he's, <laughs> Mortar says something like, oh, an angel. And he says, no, no, I said vangel, <laughs> a vampire angel. That's really how he describes it. Just yep. like on the nose, St. Michael. No, is just an like, angel. No, no, I said vangel. That's enough. That's, That's, enough. That That's enough. all you need to know. Yeah. And then he's like, well, I think the funny thing is like, so Mortar is Norse. So he believes in the pantheon of gods right. that are the Norse gods. And so he's, Michael's like, I'm Michael the Archangel. Are you an idiot? And he's like, I don't, no, I don't know what your religion is. But that's so funny because wasn't like, right before he's dying, like or as he's dying, he's like, maybe those Christians had it right. Maybe they're, yeah, oh yeah, I'm like, like, I'm all of a sudden, Valhalla, even though he's like, I'm like, going to Valhalla. Maybe, but maybe yeah. those Christian gods, <laughs> maybe like, you've never heard of Christianity. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? And then he's like, you guys are 
you guys are like sinners. And he's like, well, your God made Norsemen beautiful. So that's why we're vain. And like, we're good providers for our family. I'm like, you tell him, Mortar. Yeah, Mortar and Michael have this like back and forth a little bit. Yeah. And then he's like, foolish Viking, the vengeance is the Lord's, not man's. And he's like, well, he believes in Odin, who is like a warrior god. So he He was was raised doing things the way he was raised. Yeah, exactly. Right. And yeah, Michael, Michael was a little sassy. He was mm-hmm. really sassy and was like, you're an idiot. All Vikings are idiot and we want to we want to eradicate the race of Vikings. Yeah, mm-hmm. we're talking genocide, which I just have to say Viking is not a race. True. <laughs> it's like a cultural group, but like there are people who are descended from Vikings still alive today and they're like we eradicated the Vikings and I'm like I don't mm-hmm. Like, Sandra, like, I literally just looked on Wikipedia about, like, Viking, like, culture and stuff. Like, she she could have done that. Yeah. Then Michael makes him a vangel, which he just describes as that. And they had <laughs> yeah. all this, like, big conversation and argument about, like, what that means and why yeah. God doesn't like the Vikings. And then he's like, but you're going to be one. It's fine. Yeah. Right. And he's like, what is a vampire? And Michael just doesn't answer. Just makes him into a person with wolf teeth. It's like you made he me into a wolf. Vampires, so he's oh, like, that's what happens. Yeah, now? because they just he changes his mouth. He just gives him vampire fangs. fangs, which opens up like which we'll get into. They don't really go into or describe the being of a vangel. You know, yeah. like how it usually like vampires, no sunlight, no this or that, or yeah. this is a. I mean, they talk about the fangs in this, but and like how tan they get. Oh, right, right. How it's how, <laughs> how like, flushed and healthy. Yeah, how like <laughs> save a soul, but came back from vacationing in right. Saint Tropez. This, this should have answered some of our questions and set up what these vangels are, but it really didn't. It just added more questions. Did not. Yeah. It's kind of hand wavy, of like, it literally was like, you're a vangel, it's a vampire mm-hmm. angel, you're okay. But you're also a Viking. A Viking you're also a Viking. Yeah, yeah, they kept. Like harping on that, like you're Viking. Viking. Vikings, yeah. Vikings aren't worth. Oh, and his brothers. He and his brothers are the seven mortal sins, the seven deadly sins. Essentially, yeah, yeah. So he has six brothers, so there are seven brothers, and they're and being made of examples of. Mm-hmm. Kelsey, how are you doing so far? She's yeah. she, she's upset. She's very upset. We're like we have eighteen. Even we're like eighteen pages into the book right now. Yeah, eighteen. Literally page eighteen. What does she have against Norse people is Kelsey's number one. Although, I mean... Vikings were pretty bad. It's 846. C.E. Common Era. A.D.'s Anno Domine, which is C.E., which is Common Era. So it's like 100 years after the fall of Rome. Because Good they question. are thick-headed dolts, as Michael says. That is a he calls them an idiot Michael, like five times, yeah. I think. Yeah. They're, it's a lot of Christian it's, bias. Yeah. It's a lot of Christian bias, which is like, if she's a Christian author and she's writing like a religious book, but it was like a little, it was too much for me. People have different beliefs. You need to. I think this is like playing up to that though. Like yeah. we can change bit, this yeah. Viking. We can change this Viking from believing in the Norse gods to believing, you know. This is just an extreme version of that. Oh yeah. yeah. That in this story, the, he hates Vikings. Yeah. He wants to make a. Um, he wants to eradicate this not race. Mm-hmm. Oh no! Talk to um, Michael. Michael, to- <laughs> Michael says on page fifteen. In truth, there will come a time in the future when the Viking race will no longer be. That is the will of the Lord. 
there's light on thick there, Michael. Uh, by, but it's funny because like there are people who can trace their heritage back to like Eric the Red, like people who are from like like who had ancestors who were Vikings are still here. So I and I also think it's weird that she's like it's a race. It's not a race. No. It's a it's a culture. I don't I like I'm Norwegian and I don't say yeah. oh yeah, I'm part Viking. I say oh yeah, I'm part like part Scandinavian. I'm Nor- Norwegian. Yeah, Kelsey's half Danish. But right. yeah, I can I can understand. Like and I mean maybe she was playing yeah. off of the like the wrath of God though. That's more Old Testament. Super and Old Testament. I feel like well, then she we'll, also, we'll, we'll keep going forward. We'll keep going forward because there are also a few other religious them, things that I'm like. No, we're on page 18 we're of still like the prologue. 300 plus. No, yeah. we're on the prologue. It just is. Oh, chapter one. We, yeah. She doesn't do a lot of chapter breaks. She does a lot of like headers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Throughout chapters. Okay. He becomes an evangel. He becomes an evangel. That was what I was going to say. It's yeah. Probably explained in full in the first book, but we kind of liked like from the back, I think we picked it because it was such a roller coaster on the back. It's probably explained a little bit more, although she does have an acronym that we'll talk about later that she doesn't explain and she brings it up like three or four times. Characters ask, what is that acronym for? And then they never answer. So from it what we can remember, just might be editing mm-hmm. that it needs to be. edited. Yeah, that was what tighter. I was going to say is maybe she explains the angels more in the previous books. So if you've read the series, it's a no-brainer. That's probably why it's in the prologue here. It's just like, if you've read this, hey, read this, a little bit of backstory on this guy, but yeah. you know what's going on. Let's jump in. But it still is, like, even on the description, it was se- it was like touted as a standalone. So you should be able to understand what's going on without having to read the entire series. Editing. That's it's what I'll important. keep saying. <laughs> Editing is really important. So so then Mortar and his brother has become these angels and mm-hmm. they can work with St. Michael for so many years and they'll, th- they're working towards eventually getting their wings and they mm-hmm. feel these little mounds on their back where their wings will be, which is not described on the book cover, but cover they yeah. full-fledged wings. Yeah, so. he's got yeah. those full, full big wings. Yeah. Okay, never mind. We'll talk about that in a minute. I just <laughs> had a revelation. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're paying back their sins as angels with the hopes of one day getting their wings and doing something rings. with them. <laughs> Every time a bell rings, an angel gets their wings. But not of angels. Not, not of angel. angel. No. Yeah. Just fuck them. <laughs> swear, swear jar. Swear jar. <laughs> swear jar. Well, I'm so confused, though, because she makes it kind of sound like the only reason that one minute Michael will be like the Vikings are all horrible but then it also sounds like because Mortar was so wrathful and it led him to kill a lot of people like that's why he was selected it wasn't just because mm-hmm. he was a Viking so I don't really know I feel like in the book like Michael says Vikings make the best Vangels and they're only like targeting the Vikings to make Vangels and like the other characters <laughs> we, en- we encounter that are Vangels are like one offs like it's yeah. not the norm Yeah. again like just like characters. targeting this <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> group of people. <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh, we'll talk about that when it comes. Yeah, when we come up to. So then, fast forward. It's now present day or two thousand fourteen. Um, in the year of our Lord, and we meet Miranda, who is Miranda a s- Hart. Miranda Hart, not the British comedian. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, she's a single lady. Who yeah. is a psychiatrist. Oh, she's a psychologist. Psychologist. And when we meet her, she is 
confronted by a lawyer, a family lawyer, because her cousin has died and has left her five children, yes, five, to Miranda. Mm-hmm. Without telling her. Without I, telling her. <laughs> and I do want to no- note that Miranda's first line of dialogue, her first dialogue is, No! <laughs> it's already meant to be. No with like 17 O's and an exclamation Wait, why, is, what, why is she reacting that way? Because um, Bradley Allison, her elderly Cincinnati lawyer and longtime family retainer, who was not sorry about what he was telling her, just no. told her that she had now five children. And he said, I thought you'd be pleased at this bequest. It's the highest compliment. <laughs> like, Bradley. I mean, it is strange because I'm close with my cousin, but in this book, they don't even live in the same city. Like, her cousin is in Cincinnati and Miranda lives in Las Vegas. It's not like Miranda even knows these kids. But to Faith's yeah. point, like, she leaves her her five children without ever telling without her. Without telling her. And I, I think Surprise. that's the part that made me so so mad because it it shows that she's such an she doesn't think about the future for her children she knows that she's dying but it was confusing because she did enough to like write up a will yeah put it in there yeah lawyer knew about it but oops slipped my mind didn't tell the lady that's gonna get my children yeah right like a lot cassandra's (laughs) kind of an Asshole, right? like, and her backup is foster care at that yeah, point. Ba- the backup's foster care. Yeah, yeah there's yeah. no one else. No one else. None, the, no other yeah. unsuspecting. And the friends. reason Miranda gets the kids is because Cassandra's husband was abusive and he's in prison. He's in prison. Yeah. When I first read it, I was very conflicted because I'm like, if you knew for so long and well, and I guess back up, Cassandra knew that she was dying. She knew that yeah. she was dying. She yeah, she was terminally ill. So this wasn't like she got hit by a car and was gone and now her kids are now in exactly this was planned yeah (laughs) and And it's the will yeah and all of that so that's that was the also confusing part i was just like i would have resented and i also think that the way that they wrote the lawyer too he's like like very yeah very judgmental of that lifestyle that miranda has and that she's not automatically saying yes to five children being thrusted upon her (laughs) yeah so she's like hey miranda if you're reading this i'm no longer around and she was a nurse and she's like please take care of my precious children i know what a huge favor i'm asking of you and in position of the highest order for your single lifestyle yeah like, please take my children. And it's like, she's a single woman who's a psychologist who's living in Las Vegas, has a penthouse apartment, living her best life. It was very judgmental. You're right. And the, the lawyer was even like, I'm mistaking. Like, she's, he's like, do you want to read the letter? And she's like, wait, there's a letter? And he's like, yeah. And she's like, why didn't you show me the letter? Right. He's like, I mistakenly thought you would do the right thing before reading the letter. Yeah. And it's like, this is five children bradley are you gonna take care of five fucking why don't you take the five children lawyer judge man it's not even just five kids it's two sets of twins and a 10 year old (laughs) like are you kidding me also had an abusive father who's gonna get out of prison getting out of prison who's gonna be chasing you i'm sorry and he acts like it's no big deal he's like oh it's fine it's just fine even the cousin's letter was kind of nonchalant yeah i I think it is this bias where it's like oh like the author is like well of course everyone would take those five kids right it's like no no (laughs) no i mean my fiance and i like we talked about we're like what would we do if we were in miranda's position and miranda is a wealthy woman i would have like i know this sounds bad i would have sent them to boarding school (laughs) 
<laughs> because one, I can't take care of five kids. I don't want to take care of five children. Two, they'd be safe from their father. That's a good point. They'd be safe from their father. They'd be well taken care of, well disciplined, which she equates to abuse for some reason in this book. Miranda, <laughs> you're a psychologist. Yeah, right? <laughs> like, anyway, I would have put them at boarding school and then seen them on holidays. But I also don't want children. So. <laughs> <That's just me. laughs> I think what surprised me, actually, we're going to get there, but I was going to say that I don't think it was unreasonable for her to have them live with her, which we're about to get to. But it's like if she has a lot of money, she has a friend who comes over sometimes and helps her. But otherwise, it's like you could hire someone to hire- like. Yeah, yeah, that was a, a weird nanny thing or like, too. like she couldn't yeah, get her buried. So anyway, so yeah, yes. well, yes. okay. So yes. eventually, Shocker takes the children. She takes, and so kids. in this meeting with Miranda, when we first meet Miranda, we find out that her cousin had passed away. She's was left with these five children in the will. Their father was abusive. He's in prison. He's about to get out. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a lot going on. She ends up saying, "Yes, I will take the children." But then, of course, the next time we see Miranda, she Two is years later. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so she's had him a while. <laughs> yeah. She's still flustered and stretched too thin because she's so we meet her again and she's calling her boss because she's running late to another appointment. Yeah. And he's kind of oh Miranda again, you know, sort of deal. And she's trying yeah. to get the kids off to school and it's a whole mess. So it's this painting this whole picture that she just still doesn't have her shit together. And it's and, like the complete opposite of Ohio, where the Ohio people are like, we're judging you for your single lifestyle. And then the Vegas people are like, we're judging you because you like, ha-. and it was just like, family, what are these family. like one-sided like groups of people on both sides? Yeah, and there like, was definitely judgment about the people who didn't think she should have kids. Like it was very oh, like yeah. pro lots of children, like this in this author's writing style. It was very pro like, well, children are like those five kids is the best thing that's ever happened to you in your life. But I think she also did too, like, like outline like what makes a fit mother because it was always like yeah. well, Miranda's not a fit mother or not yeah. a fit yeah. mother substitute. And it was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. She's trying the best she can. <laughs> but yeah. also, she should have just sent him to boarding school. <laughs> 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 See, I personally, I don't know. I didn't really think about it. I don't know that I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't have been against having them live with me. But I mean, I also have a fiance and then I probably would, I like I mentioned, thought about hiring someone to help At me. At least to live in au pair. Yeah. 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 But like if I was wealthy, like super, super mega wealthy, she has a penthouse in yeah. like on the Vegas Strip. She can afford for either a live in au pair and have a little house that they live in or send them yeah. to school. Well, and houses in Vegas <laughs> are very well priced. That's a good point. Yeah, they are. We have friends who live in Vegas. Yeah. They're good priced. Yeah. Everyone move to Vegas. Please don't move to Vegas. It's a desert. <laughs> <laughs> if you live there, that's fine. <laughs> if you live there, that's fine. If you live there, that's... Oh, my gosh. Edit this out. <laughs> <laughs> edit. Edit. <laughs> well, here's the thing. It just takes a toll. People in Vegas, I'm sure, don't want people moving out there because their water supply is so stretched thin as it is that they're like, please don't move here. We need water, too. You don't have to just take that out. But okay. Miranda ends up buying a house. So she gets rid of her penthouse. She buys a oh. house. She buys a minivan or some SUV. Yeah. Like it becomes very stereotypical. Like I've got kids now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which I have a child. I don't have a minivan. It would no, be nice. Yeah. There would be a lot of room. No, but yeah. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <it's> so <laughs> it, it was just really funny. To your point, Katie, it's like they start painting these like stereotypical pictures. And it oh, pops up a lot. Yeah. A lot. Like not just different what a mother, cities, but like the mother thing. Yeah. What a mother should be. A sin- or a single woman. Mm-hmm. You know, it just it's really interesting 
and a lot of comments on her motherhood throughout yeah. the entire book. Everyone has an opinion about Miranda's motherhood. Yeah. Okay, so it's two years gotta, later. Oh, so oh, we right. don't yeah. we don't really see any of the development of Miranda's relationship Mm-mm. with the kids. Like it goes from her being shocked that she has to take them at reluctantly doing it. And then two years later, she's other than her life being hectic, I think she's pretty happy that she has them. Like she loves them. Mm-hmm. She's trying yeah. to figure it out still, but she like has a good relationship with them and like taking care of them. And we never got to see any of that development. Yeah. Which I would have liked to have seen. I think that could have been woven into the story and maybe even made the stakes a little higher. I think I'm going to say the word raise the stakes a lot in this book. There was a lot of moments I thought like the stakes could have been higher and then we just didn't go there. But that was one of them is I would have loved to see Miranda's character arc with these kids. Yeah. But like we didn't get that because it goes from her not knowing them at all to now she like loves them and is trying to figure out how to take care of them. Yeah. I feel like in this book, like the children are always kind of a nuisance mm-hmm. in it. Like we know yeah. that she loves them and she wants to take care of them, protect them. But they're always like even in the kids dialogue, they're always kind of like whining, tattling, doing all that stuff. But it's never like a loving moment that they really have. No. Yeah. And I, when I, I think it's interesting because all of us in this room have child care experience. <laughs> yeah. Like decades of child care experience. So for us, it's very weird that she doesn't put in those sweet moments yeah. Because, like, yeah. there might have been, like, a hug or two or, like, tucking one of them in. And I know there's one point where she, like, checks on all of them and it's like, oh, they look so cute when they're sleeping. But there wasn't a lot beyond that that, that I can remember. It. So the children are really there, which we'll get to, as, like, the motive for Mortar. Yeah. yeah. They're a plot device. They're a plot device there for Mortar's story mm-hmm. because of what happened to his children. And so going back to Mortar, we see him again and he's... It's now present day, so there are angels in this place. Where are they when we find him? They're in Transylvania, Pennsylvania. There you go. Which doesn't exist. I looked it up. It does not exist. (laughs) But it's (laughs) a good one. That's a good one, Sandra. That's funny. Clever. So we find him again with his brothers in this large house. Castle. Oh, yeah, they do have a castle. They call it a castle. In my mind, I thought of like a medieval times castle. (laughs) (laughs) The zoning code on that, right? (laughs) (laughs) Oh. Neighbors. No, Transylvania, Pennsylvania is pretty loose on the, yeah. <laughs> on the zoning. So, like, yeah. Was it a town or is it literally a castle on a, like a hill and it's called Transylvania, but they're the only ones that live there? No, no, no. They live in the town, the fo- the the imaginary town, Transylvania, Pennsylvania. But they it's like it's a vampire themed town. Okay. And they build a castle in a vampire themed town. It's like by oh, that's building right. a witch okay. house in Salem. Yeah. So then no one is suspicious. So they're like, oh, that's Salem, just what people here do. Yeah. Okay. They're all waiting because Michael, whom they call Mike. <laughs> yeah, they're best buds. It's been thousands of years. But also, he's like not their friend, though. They he's not. Like, no. He's like their boss. He's their overlord. So we find out a lot when we meet back up with Mortar in present day. Does anyone want to break the news on who is the chef cook of the, the house? Can I do it? Okay, so as a true crime aficionado, I was kind of offended by this. I was shocked. I was like, I'm sorry, what? I had to read it over and over. Um, Let's see. It describes her. She wore the same Victorian gown she'd worn in Victorian times. Great sentence. Good. <laughs> and carried a cleaver. It is Lizzie Borden. Yes. Mm-hmm. So Lizzie Borden, the woman who killed her parents with an axe, is their Vangel castle cook. She's like a castle cook. Um, And she just carries a cleaver around, which... Mm-hmm. 
I'm not quite sure. I think Sandra that. was just trying to be clever. She's trying to be clever. And like the Vangels are like, wow, that cleaver. But we're all supposed cleaver. to like, wink, wink. It's an axe. It's just. But like, why did you, why did she pick Lizzie Borden? She was trying to tap into the true crime culture and trying to like make it real cool. They also have like Ivan the Terrible in That's here. That's right. That's right. That was the one I couldn't remember. Yeah. yeah. And then I was saying, I was like, maybe Charles Manson will be somewhere <laughs> else in the right. castle I was like thinking. as a Vangel. <laughs> like, get out of here with that. I don't, I didn't like that. I thought it was really bad. I've um, read other books that do that too. And it just really messes up the world building of it all. Mm-hmm. And Yeah. Because it's like, well, then who is considered good enough to become a vampire angel because she is a murderer yeah also not a viking so it doesn't track pick a lane i don't understand so the lines are very blurry on who's who's of angel who's not who's a lucifer so we we see some of mortar's brothers too and remember there are seven of them total and they both or they all embody one of the deadly sins and so we meet a few of them most of them are a bunch of yahoos i thought just kind of goofy bumbling one of the moonwalks oh my god that's right <laughs> i forgot he becomes very obsessed with michael jackson and moonwalk yeah which is awkward nowadays we're yeah. just like no don't so we meet some of his brothers again in present day and what's funny is mortar is struck that they're adapting more and more to present day life and he's kind of disgusted by that, which now brings in a concern of mine of Mortar and some of his dialogue is very wishy-washy. Some yeah. terms, like modern day terms, he understands and then some he doesn't. I was talking to my husband about this and I was like, he's not like Captain America where he was like frozen and now is waking up. He's been living in the world. Yeah. Oh, all yeah. this time. Mm-hmm. So he he knows. Yeah. He's been fighting Lucifers and trying to convince people not to be sinful. And like he has to fit in with the right. culture. So like he's seeing these memes as they're happening. Yeah. He's like, he can't just be like, I don't understand this thing. It's like you were there for it. You've seen the evolution of society. Yeah, we were all there. You were there with us, dude. Yeah. <laughs> he only understands things when it's convenient for the dialogue. It's yeah. like Either he gets it because we, you know, we need him we to. We need the plot. To we need keep the moving. plot and the dialogue to keep going, or he doesn't get it so they can like make a joke. Yeah. Well, like, what century are you from? Which yeah. Miranda, I think, does a lot when she meets him, and I think other people even do it too. Similar to that, they use it to be like, oh wow, he is so different, which plays into the trope of which yes. we'll get into. But yeah, it was just so wishy washy. I'm just like, sir, do do you or do you not understand? Yeah, like where have you I been? Think I bookmarked a lot of pages <laughs> where I was to- like, he didn't understand a word, and then I was like, well, you just understood this other reference like right. five pages ago. That. Yeah, when he's like, what is that? That lacy contraption under her shirt. And it's like a bra. <laughs> I think you mean the thing that women have been wearing for a hundred years. But then, spoiler, he's read Fifty Shades of Grey. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. So he yeah. would have definitely known. He knows what a bra is. He's read about one, if not seen one. He knows what a bra <laughs> is. There's a lot of like anti Semitism in this book. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Also, she didn't do, she couldn't fit in the different religious beliefs very well. They don't fold into each other. So it was very confusing and like very uncomfortable. So I guess kind of backtracking, the Vangels are there to yeah. Oh, yeah. save souls, which is pretty like, duh, that makes sense. Yeah. But they're fighting against these Lucifiers or Lucy's for short. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and so 
it's not necessarily like completely switching over a soul, but it's like if someone's on the brink, if a bad soul is kind of on the brink of going to the point of no return, a Vangel can ask them like, do you want to be redeemed? And they can say yes or no. <laughs> and if they say no, it's kind of like, peace out then. I'm not going to help you. Goodbye. Right? Yeah, just yeah. like really quickly. Yeah. Shocker, most people say no because this huge Viking is coming up to them randomly when like they're in a like sword. a dire situation. Yeah. And it sounded like most of these times when they're asking them, it's like a fight is happening. Like a weird Lucifer fight is happening yeah. and the person's like, fuck no, I'm get away from me. Yeah. So they're like, that's your soul. Bye. Yep. <laughs> it's not like they sit and have a rational conversation. No. Right. It's not like they work with them and like, or even, oh. Or even like they die. Explain. Like because Mortar dies and then goes to heaven and talks to Michael. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So well, then he, these Yeah, he's like people, on the battlefield. Yeah. 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 He get they have like a full blown conversation. This one's like, yes or no? Okay. Right. See yeah. ya. So yeah. I didn't think that was fair. I didn't <laughs> no. either. I didn't either. <laughs> like if weird vampire stuff is happening in front of me and then another weird large man says like do you want me to save your soul? I'd be like, get the fuck out of here. What is happening? No. Yeah. Especially because Mortar didn't have wings. No. So it wouldn't even be clear no. that he was an angel if, when he not. asked you that question because he had like he nubs. Has, yeah, yeah. He has like, nubs on his, on his shoulders. Back. Nubs, he yeah. has vampire fangs. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. So the, the Lucys and the Vangels fight against each other. Um, and one thing, scent is a big thing in this book. Oh, oh my gosh. gosh. But for no reason. No reason. So when someone is going bad, like their soul is bad, but then they're starting to go real bad, they start to smell like lemons and they start to crave lemons. They start craving lemons. That was a weird add-in. It was too. very weird. So whenever now in the future, whenever I'm like, ooh, I could go for an Arnold Palmer. <laughs> yeah, I'll like, be like, hold on. Meg's gone bad. <laughs> I personally love this. Like I love slicing lemons and like... I Which I thought was a weird, so good. It's a weird thing. Weird. It's a very weird scent for people to go bad because I associate lemons with clean, clean. and fresh. Clean and fresh and tasty. Well, is then lemons. when did the sulfur smell come in? When they were lucifers. When they lucid, when they were lucifers, they were the sulfur. That's when yeah. they smelled like sulfur. Okay. Yeah. So I got you confused. Should have done like broccoli smell, like that, like farty smell. But, like roasted, <laughs> like, roasted broccoli smells, like, smells good. So it have to be like raw, no, like, like boiling, raw, like <laughs> <laughs> boiling broccoli. Yeah, like boiling broccoli. Like mm, there's like, like a just, weird like, broccoli. Could you could be like, oh, like metallic or like like sword dew? Sword dew. <laughs> and then when vangels like save a soul when someone actually does say yes they take a li- little bit a little bit of blood they suck their blood like, like a, a little vampire. bit <laughs> like, like just a baby bit like a of blood <laughs> yes. like a little like a, snack like a blood sample okay so in this scenario let's just play this out so there's a weird lucifer battle there's vampire a- battle going on in front of you okay, there are monsters there are monsters in front of you, you. And, like a second ago they were just people you were hanging out with in vegas have had the like you're yeah hanging out, hanging in, out vegas. in vegas mind your own business weird vampire stuff starts happening in front of yeah, you battles people- they're monsters and giants. Because Lucifer's turned into like these lizardous, like mm-hmm. scales. Yeah, like, beast yeah they're like coming beast, out yeah, of the slimy, scales is how she describes it. Things. So it's a scary sight for someone you just were hanging out with. And then a Viking man comes up to you Six and foot says, five. says, Big old do man. you want me to save your soul? And you, for whatever reason, <laughs> maybe it's the gen and tonics. You're like, yes, sure. sir, please. He goes, cool. And then <laughs> takes a bite out of you. <laughs> <laughs> and then physically attacks you. Yeah, like and, then, and then he pulls he's away. He's got like big fangs, yeah, he has fangs. and he and no wings. You. Again, you would not know no this is like no wings. He's an angel. Like messenger of God. He's he literally is. a vampire. They wear yeah. cloaks. So they wear these cloaks, <laughs> right? They wear cloaks so they can keep their their gear. They can keep things, in them. which is like 
like the holy water and holy wipes. <laughs> okay, we have to talk about that because I laughed out loud at that. It was so oh funny. God. Holy water wipes. It's like that wet they, ones. They, holy <laughs> water wipes that they use and then they just throw them in the trash. <laughs> and I was like, so it says like he put it in a trash can, and I was like, I feel like if it's a holy water, like you shouldn't, you should just like just throwing it away. away. I don't know. It just, I thought it was oh hilarious. Yeah. So that's what's happening. So and then, so he takes the nibble out of you and then he gets, and then he comes turns back from your neck and turns to you. And the man is glowing. He is like glowing radiantly tan. tan. So, so angels, better. when they save a soul, they become tan. Their skin is tan. They get, that is how healthy. Oh, and aren't his eyes like <laughs> their eyes turn like a silvery color. Instead of blue. Which, in your vampire knowledge, is that like a like, typical vampire thing in your vampire knowledge? So that's where I get confused, too. Like, this is not typical vampire. Not like, at all. I think so. It's, it's a new... The Sandra Hill thing. It's a Vangel thing. These Vangels have these cloaks with all these things that are weapons against vampires, but yeah. they themselves are vampires. Yeah. They are vampires. So those holy wipes... Maybe he's oh, yeah, wearing gloves. Like, how are they using them? He cleans them? himself with the holy water wipes. He, like, yeah. uses them after a battle. Yeah. I was... As I was listening to this, I kept singing to myself, like, what are the rules? <laughs> <laughs> even if she had explained it in the first books, they're so contradictory, even in the setting, that it's like, what's going on? And she throws things in randomly that they can they, they, they can teleport oh right. and then oh, that's he right. can also yeah. read minds when yeah. someone's dying that's the only time and she throws it in and it happens one yeah. time in the yeah. book and then michael can also tell he can read your mind yeah, the yeah that's right he can. sometimes yeah. he knows when you're sinning but sometimes he doesn't but sometimes he doesn't he <laughs> yeah. can only tell sometimes yeah. i don't it, know it, 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 it's it, a lot the mm-hmm. logic is not it's a little it's shaky and i think which, for, which i think with i think what's hard with this one is with supernatural things like this you you give a little right it's like i can be a little bit squishy around yeah, some things. yeah, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. this was just nothing was the same there was no track we were on that was nope <laughs> consistent nope. that's what was hard for me was just mm-hmm. pick something and let's follow that stop trying to throw all these other things in there right. or don't don't be vague about something that could be pretty important to this character caitlin you like fantasy and sci-fi and vampires katie you love fantasy books and faith likes fantasy and sci-fi and i love fantasy sci-fi kelsey loves it too so i think we're a perfect audience to read this oh, and yeah. yet we're mm-hmm. still like there's so many plot not even just plot holes things in the universe that don't make sense that are contradictory it just needed to be edited because even when you're in a it fantasy world you have to have rules and limits to yeah. what goes on it just can't be was, whatever like you want jk rowling with the flu powder and the port key just like adding it all in right. but it wasn't just like each book it was just like this chapter they can teleport <laughs> now and it's like i'm sorry sandra give us the rules first she gave us yeah. a glossary in the back did you see that i saw it but oh, I, didn't, yeah. I didn't use it, oh, it, was, it was, i don't think it had the glossary with the audio no oh, yeah no and yeah in the back you get a glossary of all the the terms that the well Norse i think terms. that's telling then like yeah. if you're yeah. gonna have to like see page 12 for, for this the, for like, the, like for, for further explanation yeah if you can't tell with context clues it's a little like that's not great oh, i'm gonna world editing. build but i'm gonna world build with a glossary yeah exactly <laughs> and not the rules of angels <laughs> what's vik what does vik mean it's an acronym with no meaning because all the definition of vik is is the seven brothers who had the angels oh i hate I hate it. <laughs> I hate. I'm sorry, Sandra. You will get there. Maybe it's an abbreviation for Viking. That's the only thing I can think of. No, an acronym is not just the first half of a word. <laughs> Every letter means something. 
something. Okay, Every I letter means something. The reason that something. we're upset, Sandra, is because before we started recording today, when we were just gathering our initial thoughts, we were like, what could it stand for? And we came up with um, lots of great I came ideas. Up with two. And I think yeah, Vikings in combat with a K. Ooh. Edgy. Ooh. Vikings into <laughs> killing. And I think that's my number one. That makes more sense. Vikings yeah. into killing. But sure. Yeah. Right? I can like, I can or vangels into killing. Vangels into killing. Vangels into killing. What else could it be? V-I-K. I, I think she doesn't use the word acronym correctly. That makes the most sense. That may, Yeah, I think it's just not being... It's not an acronym it's a shortened title for it because V-I-K are different things. Okay. Okay. Anyway. So Vangels, Lucipires, they're doing their thing. So the oh, Lucipires are trying to take over and get as many souls as they can. Mm-hmm. That's their job. So best setting to do that, Sin City itself. Yeah. And I think they even say that in the book. They do. They list like <laughs> oh, yeah. four yeah. cities, I think, that are like the most sinful cities like the casino in the world. Cities. Like where there's lots of gambling. Yeah. How about Wall Street? I'm just going to say that. I think the other thing, just to go back to the world building, is like she never really explains why they're building armies. It's it's just kind of like to fight each other whenever they run into each other, I guess. Like, I guess you could assume it's for trying to take over the world, but again, there's no stakes there. It's not like we're gathering an army to do XYZ. It just is like we want a big demon army. But I think that's like that. I think that actually plays into the trope of the good versus evil. I think so. Like, how many on my team? Who can get this soul first? So that kind of made sense to me. And I was kind that. of just yeah. like, okay, I, I know that yeah. from other mm-hmm. stories. Yeah. So I'm not. But the like strategy behind it was the funny Maybe part. Maybe that's what it was. Yeah. I just yeah. was like, okay. Because they're like plotting. It's not just these Lucifers are in the world and the Vangels are in the world. And they're both just trying to duke it out for the souls. They are. But this story was showing them strategizing of, hmm, where do we hit next to get the most bang for our buck? <laughs> Which was like. Yeah. Wait, when did they start strategizing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was the weird part. And we get the hint of that in one of the early chapters. You have an entire chapter with the villains. Like they're pointing oh, you right. basically <laughs> the super out of nowhere. Weird. And that was a weird meeting. That was so it was weird. okay. It was really weird. It was also kind of like kink shaming a bit. Yeah. Remember the woman disturbing. who had the, pier- the piercings and they're like, well, obviously she's in hell because she's got like clitoral piercings. No, I thought and that it's they, like no, I thought that they did that to her as part of torture oh. which i was like so that that's not so like the torture. torture was just like these people so they Playing were like sex games yeah like sex games what i imagine was like a long table of these demons having this strategy meeting for how many like, lucifiers they were getting out into the like, world but then they had like the humans who were in hell all their having orgasms in, like, which yeah. i guess is fine right? if you're in hell up, like, right yeah. strapped up with these vibrators and different things on them and then the demons had the controllers to the vibrators <laughs> but that's how they were like quote-unquote torturing, torturing them. them and it's like you're just having sex i was like bud. they're not like ripping their fingernails off yeah. like that's yeah. torture yeah. like what that's not and then, torture and then again one of the people in there she was in hell because of sex trafficking children the whole time i was just like these people who are villains are pedophile gross like this isn't a romance book i don't i don't want to read this yeah yeah yeah, I don't. I don't. And I, I think that's a good point. I think it was like, I'm not even looking forward to like the sex scenes. Because right. I'm no, a li- I'm just it's so, so disturbing, put off and disturbed with the other. And it, I don't it just wasn't needed. It no. wasn't necessary. 
Also, I think she put it in there trying to build up Mortar and his backstory. But that itself. Yeah. <laughs> like, that woman in hell has nothing to do with the story. Why put that no. really awful, disturbing detail in? Yeah, if you're going to world build, that wasn't the place to do no. it. It just yeah. was like, no. I think I had to put the book down after I finished that section. I think I had planned to read more that night. And I was like, I can't. Yeah. Like, I'm going to try to go to sleep after reading that. Yeah. And then I would wake up the next day and be like, did, did I read that? Or did I like make that up? Like, yeah. what was that? Was it a nightmare? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh, yeah, it's, it's Kiss of Wrath. And I guess they're not technically in hell. They have bases all over the place, right? Kind of like how they have Transylvania, Pennsylvania. Because there was one that was called Horror, but I don't know where it was. Oh, that's right. I don't know where Horror is. I don't know either, Horror. but it was like they weren't necessarily in hell. They had like these bases that's true. of evil. So the Lucifiers are going to Vegas. Then I'm just trying to think through, like, we're not even to like halfway through the oh, book. Oh, my, oh my gosh. We're on page <laughs> 40. Yeah. 47. And I think that's what I was feeling. I was like, where are we getting to? Yeah. Yeah, no, it's just a bunch of scenes. It's literally just a bunch of scenes put together. There's no story at all. Yeah, I think I thought everything before like page 60 either could have been very, very consolidated or cut altogether. It just was like not needed. They don't even meet until page 80. Mortar is sent to Vegas to be the protector for Miranda and these five children because, again, the dad is going to be getting out of jail. And so Michael, to punish Mortar, is saying you have to go and be this protector. And he doesn't give him much detail because if Mortar knew it was to protect children, he wouldn't want to do it because he's been avoiding children ever since his children were killed. So he gets sent to Miranda for this mission, mm-hmm. even though his brothers are being sent to like gear up for this huge Lucifer battle in Vegas. He gets yeah. sent to... I didn't Barber. really get... There's people probably all over the place that need Who protection need and like, right. why did also, they narrow it down to like her and yeah. those kids? At one point, Michael's like... Why did you have your children pray to God? Because children have like a direct line to God. So it's like, I'm sure there are a lot of children praying. Like, I'm in an awful situation right now. Please help me. Please help me. Please help me. And yet she with her five kids who, while running amok, are loved and well taken care of. And it's like, how did you decide that this was the person? Not the Mm -hmm. kids who went into foster care and didn't get adopted by this lady. Yeah. Right? (laughs) It it didn't make sense. Like, how did he find out? Maybe Bradley Alexander, their lawyer, did call and was like, hey, guys. Do me a solid. Friends with the Vangels. Mordor gets sent to Miranda to protect them Mm -hmm. from this mortal man not a lucifer that we can assume (laughs) roger (laughs) their biological father roger who is definitely getting out of prison mortar meets the kids first who are running amok in the backyard they think he's the new nanny yeah because she she at one point and i love this i'm gonna try to find it where she says so she's like i think i might need a bot all i'm missing is a bodyguard because roger is getting out of jail and he's like, oh, I hope it never comes to that. That's her lawyer. And she says, well, if it does, maybe I could get a Kevin Cosner lookalike. She joked, referring to the bodyguard movie. <laughs> <laughs> okay. She does make a lot of very specific pop culture references. But, but she like explains, explains all them. of the joke. It's and like, they're very oh, I didn't... specific and random. Yeah. I'm like, we all know. And also, I think, and I think like reading this further, I think her audience is older. Yeah. There are a lot of references that are, because she herself is... In her middle ages. In her middle ages. <laughs> middle ages are a dark in the time. middle ages. <laughs> Speaking of <laughs> ages, though, okay, so well, we're gonna about to get to their first meeting, which I think is maybe where this comes up about Miranda's age. But more than once, she refers to her as like an older woman or like, like middle age. She's like 34. Yeah. I mean, in yeah. the middle ages, 
in the medieval okay, but period. It's 2014. She, well, and I think, he sometimes is lost in the past and doesn't understand well, I, words. No, I think the only reason that she referred to Miranda that way is because in a lot of romance novels, the heroines are like in their early to mid 20s usually. Yeah. So mm. maybe that's why she said like, oh, she's older. But it was like, that's not like, I took middle that aged. Personally. <laughs> I know me too. So okay. Mortar meets the kids first. They're running amok. He's kind of put off by them because he doesn't want to deal with children because yeah. he still carries around the burden of his deceased children. And then Miranda comes home. Well, he also sees her and he like he gets he gets an erection like immediately. Oh, but that's the other thing. He has not been sexually aroused all this time. Oh, in, yeah. In these years. This, this has never been something. This has been dormant. <laughs> a dormant penis. <laughs> yeah, a dormant penis. It is in dormant. And he even says... The worm betwixt his legs became a snake. Hard oh, and huge God, and throbbing. But here's the thing. Betwixt. If you remember the setting that he's in, he's surrounded by children yeah. with a five-year-old clinging to his leg. Yep. That was disturbing, and it was disturbing to me, and I didn't like it. Yeah. yeah. See, it was gross. The chil- children yeah. do not belong in the romance novel. No. no. Yeah. Keep children out of well, or at least it has to be outside done of the chapter. Very well. Keep them out of the chapter. Right. Not in the mix of it. Not in the mix of everything. Yeah. Yeah. yeah just separating them alone, I think, would have been yeah. a lot better. He oh. could have talked about how beautiful and stunning she was without Not getting creepy about, about it with the kids. But then, around. okay, but then yeah. to that point, Faith, he like talks about how aroused he is by her, but he's so confused because she's skinny and red haired. Oh, <laughs> he does not like that, and he fucking hates red. Yeah, he for like, some reason, hates it. Yeah. yeah, they made she made that very clear True. that like. He is disgusted by redheads. And that she's too skinny and her boobs are too small. Yeah. yeah. And so he's very confused ugh. why he's all of a sudden aroused. Yeah. It's Which just. Yeah. I thought maybe it was like, well, were the people that did him wrong, were they redheaded? And that's why yeah. he hates it. Never explained. Nope. It was never explained. He just does like red hair. Except for hers. But there's the five kids in the yard running amok. And then they have a dog as well. Oh, yes. God, the dog's name. Named Ruff. R-U-F-F. Because that's what he says. Sandy makes. It's yeah. rough. Then Miranda comes home. She, she comes home. Was she, was she, oh yeah, she was out. Darla she was, was out. Her friend Darla was there babysitting, right? Yeah. yeah, Darla was there babysitting. Darla is upstairs locked in the bathroom because the kids locked her in there because they're just a menace. And then Miranda comes home and is seeing a big, huge, six foot something man in the backyard with her children like oh. she's peering out the back window at the scene and like contemplating what is happening. Like what's happening? What and it's a lot of description man? instead of yeah. like taking action. That's right. Yeah. But then she grabs a broom and says, "What the hell's going on here?" The closest like, weapon. Yeah, the was closest a broom. weapon was the broom. Not a knife from the kitchen. Yeah. No, it was a broom. They have like an interaction where he's like, "You shouldn't be at the casinos gambling," and she's like, "She was there for a client." She's like, "Why do you assume that? You're awful." And he's like, "You're a neglectful parent." Yeah. So this is where like the single mom or like single lady shaming comes in that she's not a fit mother to these children that are clearly running amok (laughs) but still at one point she's like i'm going to have you arrested for child abuse too what did you do to make them listen to you they never stand still like that if you hit them i'm going to personally strangle you with those pretty braids of yours oh he's got braids in his hair and stuff them down your throat he literally was just like hey guys can you like stop yeah and then they're like okay sure and then what he says after is like, you think I'm pretty? It's like, oh, God. <laughs> why? Not the right place. Yeah. The dialogue is just so, it's all over the place. Yeah. And she doesn't, neither of the characters understand insinuation. Uh, yeah. Really frustrating because they would have to like then just spell it out for one another. 
Further on, he's like, you're so attractive. I'm sure men talk to you all the time on the street. And she's like, what are you talking about? And he's like, I mean, you affect me. And she's like, how do I affect you? And it's like, he literally just said that you were <laughs> attractive. Why is he even saying that? It's like, <sighs> I mean, one, why is he saying that? But two, like, put the pieces together. You're a fucking psychologist. Right. Yeah. That's, uh, that's, uh, that's, I think, what annoyed me is she plays dumb and it's so annoying in a lot of her interactions with him. But he does it too sometimes. I just think it's weird that she considers him disciplining kids in a way to be like, I mean, be like, hey, do this or you're not going to get this thing or hey, just be a cool person. She conflates that with child abuse. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I think that's weird because isn't that pretty typical for children to behave more for like strangers or people they don't know as well as opposed to like their parent or like yeah. someone they yeah. do know yeah. so for her to jump to like that conclusion is really strange I mean, the jumping to conclusion should have happened because there's a stranger in your backyard there's a stranger in your backyard but then yeah. I think th- th- this also plays into the trope of like he's the hero he's coming in and saving the day she's totally chaotic and the kids are out of control she can't handle them but here he comes right off the bat oh, and, yeah. oh my gosh they're so well behaved what have you done help yeah. me and it's because they set her up as a successful woman and now she's given children and she's just a mess she's floundering she needs needs a a strong literally viking in her life (laughs) to help her and kids can be very hectic but i mean i thought it was a little unfair to just paint them as we can't control them monsters all the time like yeah kids are more than just like making messes and barely having like a you can have good conversations with kids these kids were like can. very basic conversations you're about like and now that kids don't talk about stuff like that but i've definitely had deeper good conversations with children before right yeah so i thought they were painted a little bit unfairly too even just with this like scene of them running crazy in the backyard and the kids weren't written very well and like she i think she forgot that she made them two sets of twins yeah <laughs> so i wrote it down the ages so when she gets them when miranda gets them maggie is eight years old ben and sam are six years old and linda and larry are three years old <laughs> megan just rolled her eye <laughs> at the name linda and larry i don't know sure those are great names <laughs> So it's two years later. So Maggie is 10. She can definitely hold conversations. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Ben and Sam are eight. Also can hold, all of them can hold conversations in my yeah. opinion. Five-year-olds you Linda, can have Larry, conversations yeah, with. Yeah, you can have full conversations like with the five-year-olds. And yeah. like she does not write them. I think she thinks that Linda is still like a baby. That's how she writes her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Didn't like it. So, so clearly from the get-go, there's this tension between Miranda and mortar because he's stepping in she's trying to assert her authority saying she's got her shit together but she doesn't and then we find out he's not the nanny that they hired because that lady does show up yeah, yeah. <laughs> and oh she, yeah like, i forgot runs away she's, she's like oh what does she say come? like some really like i don't, I don't do, do dogs, dogs. I don't oh, do dogs. Right. Which also, if I were Miranda, I don't know if I could have taken the dog. Yeah. Five lot. children and a dog and I'm a single parent. Yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot. I would have given the dog to Darla. Darla would have taken Ruff and she would have loved him. Oh, Darla's the friend. We haven't talked about the Darla. The one that's yeah. locked in the bathroom. She's the best character in the book. She is. She's smart. She's sassy. She loves the children and she treats them well and she has a good handle on them. She does accidentally get locked in the bathroom. But they love her. Everyone loves her. And she punches out the window to wave at them punches in the window yeah to wave at the yard she's carrying a gun oh yeah she carries a gun yes that's right she's in security she does a full background check on mortar because she's like why would there be any background info on him no michael Michael made like a fake yeah oh that's right okay i have anything better to do (laughs) 
Yeah. He sits there. He's like, computers are cool. Yeah. He just makes like a whole backstory. <laughs> so they, within the first day, he is now a live-in nanny. He's living in their spare bedroom. That is his role now. Wow. There is a Lucifer war going on. He's a bodyguard. Also, we're only on page 93. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Kelsey was like... Kelsey is not okay with this. <laughs> oh, I did also want to mention there is one point where Linda, five-year-old, she's like, dad called today and said he's coming pretty soon. Like, he's going to come get us. And she's red flags and furled in Miranda's brain. Linda, honey, did you pick up the telephone today? You know we have a rule about answering the land phone when it rings. That's why we have a cell phone. And I'm like, <laughs> why wouldn't you just get rid of the landline? One, get rid of the landline. Two, he called. He knows where you are. You are in hiding from this man and he <laughs> called and he talked to his daughter are you not ready to pick up the kids and leave yeah mm-hmm. that real i was like at that point i think this was the page and i think i wrote it in my notes page 92 is the page where i wanted to throw this book away she has no human reaction yeah there was like no real concern like there was concern but not real actionable concern yeah, yeah no yeah, you know, no right, right thing, thing that she's about, doing she's like oh he doesn't like me because i've got red hair yeah and there's <laughs> another part later which we'll get to but there's another part where roger actually calls the house and in yep. a very like the shining fashion oh. on the leaves a voice but that's like daddy's coming or something yeah. really creepy that's and right, she yeah. doesn't really react to it like i was expecting it to be kind of like a cliffhanger at the end of a chapter because you first hear that part from from Mortar's point of view and then it switches to her and like the build up to when she hears the the voicemail or the voice on the answering machine and she just is kind of like oh no that means he might show up soon but like again does not react with like terror and like what are we gonna do we have to get out of here and like it almost felt like she kept being like well but he'll go to the halfway house first oh but then he's got to like get here first <laughs> like it kept being like yeah. no we're we're like, okay. 10 more minutes like yeah. we got 10 more minutes and we're good yeah like, be fine. that's what <laughs> yeah it kept feeling like that's a good comparison yeah like it was so strange there was no urgency to the safety there were no stakes the stakes were so nope. low that you could just walk over them yeah. it was stakes oh. were not high enough to pierce Evangel's heart. Right? <laughs> exactly. Which we don't know if that would work because it was never explained. <laughs> we never we find know. out. We don't know. Oh, also, we should talk about this passage. We talked about how the Lucifer's smell. Yeah, they smell like Lemon. sulfur. Sulfur. And or lemons, or lemons until and people. then sulfur. Yeah. Sulfur. Which is a really nice scent. I wouldn't mind smelling like lemons. Lemons smell amazing. Not bad. Like fresh Great. lemons. Yeah, it's not bad. But in the book, they did make it like, wow, he's starting to smell like lemons. Yeah. yeah. And it was like... <laughs> Like it was suspicious, okay. and then like, like we were just cleaning. I don't yeah, know, right? Like he just had some of those lemon wipes, Clorox. He was Clorox. Yeah, his Clorox through. <laughs> he has lemon holy water. Yeah. We mentioned there's other weird scents in this book. Yeah. Oh my gosh! That being that both Mortar and Miranda have very specific scents to each other, which is another tidbit Sandra Hill throws in for the world building or paranormal i guess part of it where it's like your mate has a certain smell that smells really good to you which personal but that's like in other things right that is in other things or like, like in the movie michael in the movie michael he smells mm-hmm. like cake or he smells like pie or like something sweet to women yeah, yeah and harry, harry potter, potter with the love potion. potion yeah no but it's, it's a it just yeah. is thrown in here though for me and then it like yeah it was like oh oh well that's a thing too okay yeah i guess like, it, it didn't bother me that that, that was a, a part of the world it was more like it just was dropped in again like yeah. so many yeah. other things and it was used a lot too yeah it yeah. was and it was more just like oh he smells really good well, like it was oh it's because he's my mate but that was mentioned once and then it just was like it, he smells like do you want to read yeah, yeah it smells right here um 
They both stood and Mortar was staggered by the smell of lilies and cloves as she walked around the desk toward him. It seemed to enter his nostrils and sweep through his body, causing his blood to heat and the fine hairs to stand out on the back of his neck. Without thinking, he said, your scent enthralls me. At the same time, she said, you smell delicious, like sandalwood and lime. Is it cologne? Mortar had never used cologne, never ever. The most scent he had ever put on his body would have been in his soap, and he did not recall the scent of sandalwood or fruit for that matter. Delicious? Me? Just then, Mortar realized what it was, and he almost reeled with disbelief. His brothers, Vicar and Trond, and Ivik, all of them were married to life mates, claimed that at one point before the mating, a special scent emanated from couples, a sure sign of soulmates. <sighs> yeah, that's why I was like, just like, oh, okay. Like, oh, this is a thing in this yeah. book. So now we've established that they definitely are soulmates. And he knows it. These very specific smells that I'm not 100% sure that it would smell good to me. Right. So I was going to say, yeah, if you have essential oils, go home and like mix them up. Mix them up. I was going to do that. Yeah. Like sandalwood and lime, probably, but hers, lily and cloves. No. Yeah. No. And the whole, so one, lime is very close to lemon. Lemon. I was thinking, It's a vampire. It's a fine line. It's a fine line. And that maybe the other guys smell like something in lime too. Maybe. Right? It's like, right. It's like almost a lemon. But then also the whole time I, whenever they said clove, I always thought about, so clove was used in the preparation of mummies because it's a deodorizer. Yeah. Interesting. Deodorizer. So it hides the smell of death, basically. I mean, it's really, it's a beautiful scent. But whenever I was reading it, I was like, she's been a mummy the whole time. (laughs) (laughs) Plot twist. Plot twist. Oh, my gosh. It made me have a laugh. Yeah. So Kelsey was asking, you know, if their life mates, he's immortal. So what does that mean? That is something she explains. <laughs> and the it gets, yeah. One of the few things. And again, it gets it gets weird. And yeah. For one very specific reason, which it, we will get to, yep. which I just was like, weird. Okay. It is explained. Many things are not, including the whole wings thing. So but then I think by this point, now that he's living with them, we start to get some sexual tension. We get some sexual tension and also really inappropriate interactions. Yeah. yeah. So he's already enthralled because of this confusing feeling of her red hair and she's very <laughs> small and that's confusing, but he's aroused. But then what tips it off is like this wrap dress she has. Oh my gosh. Yes. And that he can see that there's a bow and he could untie it. Which makes me really uncomfortable about wearing a wrap dress ever again. Which is like fine. I don't want to wear a wrap dress ever again. Because <laughs> of Angel's going to come. Because like just undo it. If that's what men think about when you wear a wrap dress, I never want to wear a wrap dress again. No, that's for well, sure. What that's what Sandra. Oh, <laughs> I'm never wearing a wrap dress ever again. That's really gross. I think it's very figure flattering. But if men are like, I could just untie her dress. I'm never wearing a wrap dress again. That well, creeps I me mean, out. I think that sh- how she wrote it was creepy. I don't think it's necessarily like inherently. If everyone, every man is thinking that, that would be creepy. But I don't think it's just that. That's what they're thinking right off the bat i think it's situational and like how she wrote it i think it's the way like she wrote it in here was like it hit mortar Ooh, he could unwrap that and it was like yeah like all of a sudden after all these years he is now aroused and now his like mind is going and yeah it was weird (laughs) the wrap dress it's the wrap it was the wrap dress all along and that's i think the thing that is really hard about this is like in a lot of the books that we've read in um the duchess deal he hadn't had sex in a long time in highland bride Bride, he had he had had all the time in a lot of those it's like a very common trope and it's like ooh, titillating right like she's the first lady that he's been with in a long time but this it just felt creepy it was creepy 
It was weird and out of nowhere and very creepy and wasn't described well. And I was not titillated. I actually kind of skimmed through the sex scenes. I'm not going to lie. We haven't even gotten to any of like the... Yeah, no, we're on page 113. Yeah, which we need to talk (laughs) about the upcoming chapter because not only did we have that random chapter with Jasper and the like demons planning their schemes and like the weird human torture victims, we then get a chapter from like Roger, the guy, the you know, abusive husband, uh, father in jail. And again, it was like a really weird chapter because it it's not necessary like i don't know why we had to see roger's like world or point of view yeah. there were some problematic things about it definitely including his cellmate yeah. named clarence God, and it just gets more disturbing <laughs> it's, well and i think the thing that i hated the most was the depiction of clarence oh, yes it was awful yeah. i mean clarence's character is He's an evil character, right? Mm-hmm. As we will learn. But um, the way she describes him, Clarence was licking his big lips, sported two golden sizers that he claimed to have yanked out of the mouth of a bookie who tried to steal from him. And who's like, please, God, no. Please. <laughs> I think no. we were all having that same feeling. Oh, please, yeah. no. What Roger didn't need was a six foot two, 250 pound black guy with an attitude along for the ride. And I was like, Awful. I literally oh, wrote, said it. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, He's the only character of color in the book. Only character of color. It's very racist. I I just, I thought it was awful. So I mean, I there was another this, level to this. I yeah. will say that. Oh, oh, the, well, like, so for Caitlin and me, we listened to an audiobook. Yeah. Uh, That's right. She has her own voice for Clarence. Yes. <gasps> so that was in the audiobook. <laughs> Not only was the description of him, there was a voice that went with it. Oh, no. So I don't think Sandra's the only one to blame here. <laughs> she is to, like, tee it up. Yeah. Oh, but, my gosh. But that's, I didn't even think of that. It was, it was disturbing. Yeah. Yeah. It was just, it was just like, who, uh, why would you <laughs> why? do this? Yeah. And we then, don't need this. Yeah, and it's not a way to no. describe a person of color in a book. No, especially the only person of color. The only. The only well, no, one of two. There's one of two, two people there of was, color. There is the house cleaner. She's Guadalupe, Guadalupe was the other one of color who was stereotyped. Yeah. yeah. And his co- Clarence's Literal cousin line. is in it. Clarence's yeah. cousin who is a pimp. I hate this. Yeah. I hate it. It's not okay. Oh, also, so, so. what's another thing about Clarence? Oh, the other thing about Clarence, because that's not bad enough. Um, <laughs> Clarence is also in prison for child pornography. Yes. Yep. So and I think a line when there was the younger, the better. Yeah. Yeah. Which just makes the stomach churn. Yeah. Great. Um, one, great question. Yeah. Kelsey. Kelsey asked, what is her with child molestation? And like this book is about child victimization. Handled so Poorly. assaulting children in Awful. a romance in a novel. romance right. novel like it's no mm-hmm. this is the fourth oh, reference yes, like, to and there's yeah. more there's a lot more there's a lot we're, we're not even we're close. not even close we're no. on page 123 so we have this random scene where we have this very horrible stereotype of clarence um roger talks about how he wants to get out when he gets out of prison he's mad at miranda Abusing his wife and kids. Yeah. Yeah. I think initially he just was abusive towards Cassandra, but then at one point he he was abusive towards, I think, Maggie, the oldest daughter. daughter. And that's when the wife was like, "Ah, no, I'm calling the police. Yeah. 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 So we have this scene where we meet Clarence. It's horrible. Roger's talking about how he, as soon as he gets out of prison, he's going to go find his kids. And he hates Miranda because she ruined his family and he wants to kill her, basically. Oh, she sold his house. He sees himself 
himself as like the good guy like he sees himself as someone who like sometimes my wife needs to be put in her place but I'm not a bad guy and like everything's so unfair that happened to me so clearly he's a little yeah he's a terrible person Clarence for some reason because you don't really get the impression that they get along as like cellmates oh yeah because crunch 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 oh yeah Yeah, he eats ice oh yeah Clarence eats ice ice and I, I eat ice I don't know where he's. I don't know. At. He just he know. crunches ice a lot. Wait, aren't That's they in the there? biggest mystery? No, I think this is in the halfway, halfway house. house. Oh, yeah. you're right. Yeah, they're out of prison in the halfway house. But they're now. like roommates in the halfway house or something. Like and that. Clarence is always crunching on ice, and it drives Roger crazy. For some reason, Clarence gets really invested in like Roger's. We find out why. Well, yeah. well yeah. we do. Yeah. Kelsey oh, Kelsey out. got it. She got it. We're not going to say what it is, yeah. but she. Figured it out right away. But you may have already. But you may have. (laughs) Somehow it just evaded me until they flat out said it. And I was like, oh. I was just hoping it wasn't. Yeah. 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 Like, they went there. So he gets very invested and he's like, I want to help you. And Roger's reluctant first. But then he's like, well, maybe it would be good to have. He says, okay, right? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I think he's also afraid to say no. Yeah, he's that, afraid to that say was no. the thing. He doesn't. Yeah. Clarence has a temper, and so he's afraid to say no to him. Mm-hmm. And you literally have this. It's like one of two, maybe three scenes, but like Roger, and I'm just yeah. it was not needed. And then we move on, and we're talking with Miranda, and she's getting to know Mortar. And this line, page one twenty four, he's like, "Yeah, I speak eight languages. You speak eight languages? Why that shocked her? She wasn't sure. Was she guilty of racial bias? As in, big Viking equates with dumb." okay so she has these racial stereotypes for all of the people of color in her book and she's like oh my gosh am i being racist because i think vikings can't speak eight languages you're not being racist because of that miranda doesn't know he's a vangel oh he's like a a viking Viking. guy and then he's like who wears a minnesota viking shirt oh Oh, that's right he wears like viking gear Yeah, it's embarrassing. Stupid. Which was I'm not attractive sorry. at it's all. Really to dumb. Me. I'm sorry. I know this. So you can funny. edit me out saying that it's stupid that he wears a Viking t-shirt, but it really is. I don't like it. Kelsey said is right. It's too much. We That's get like the it. only Viking shirt he has, which Caitlin mentioned. He also has like no, he has so many shirts with like Viking catchphrases. Yeah, he on says them. like oh. has Vikings Viking rule. Yeah, or like got Viking, got Viking, kiss me, I'm a Viking. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if that's. I don't know, but it probably, it probably is. is. It's in his closet. You didn't <laughs> pull that out. Yeah, uh, so he wears those with a sweet duster. <laughs> the one he's wearing on the cover. In yeah. Vegas, in, in Vegas. Vegas. And she even comments, she's like, "Why are you wearing that duster? Yeah, that is really uncomfortable." Oh he's like, "It's just what my people do." Oh <laughs> what? Okay. And she's like, "I don't want to be racially no. insensitive to you, Vikings." That's not a joke. He actually says, "That's what my people do." No, 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 yeah. no, no. We're not joking. That's no, what it is. Boy, nothing is in jest, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. So we're um, almost to. I don't know. Is there anything else important in the next? Like, no, there's nothing important. No, because I know that she's like, who? Who have I brought in my house? Like, you should have thought about that before mm-hmm. hiring him. Yeah. Well, because I think right around page one fifty, like right on the dot, which is what we talked about in some of our other episodes is the first romantic scene. I think it's their first makeout scene is like mm. right at like 149, 150, which you've mentioned, Meg, that that's typically where <laughs> yeah. something happens yeah, in usually general in romance or... books. And this book, it was Chapter not, nine. it was not a sex scene. It was just, I think, makeout. is that where he, she still has the wrap dress on? Yeah. Yeah. He, and they make out and he like unties her dress, but that's all that happens. He unties her dress. They're making out. They're kissing, kissing, kissing. And then they get a knock at the door. His brothers come to visit. So they're there and they've got little fangs because they're vampires. She gasped. Watch yourselves, Mortar hissed. 
Miranda shook her head to clear it, and when she looked again, their teeth were perfectly straight except for slight, slightly longer incisors. She must be in a hormone-induced haze. Hashtag hormone haze. <laughs> what? I mean, what she might as well that? have you put, like, it must have been my hysteria. Right? <laughs> yeah, right? Get me my smelling salts. <laughs> like, my uterus is my, traveling. Uh, my, my uterus is traveling <laughs> in my body. It needs to go back down. Sit on a, on a bottle of hot wine. <laughs> <laughs> this is not okay. It's not okay. Why are we no. perpetuating this in these romance novels? Yeah. Hormone In haze? 2014, when this was written. 2014, <laughs> Sandra. We understand the point she's making. It's just the phrase she uses is just so disappointing. It's disappointing. It's outdated. It's antiquated. We need better terms. Right. Even just leaving it as she shook her head and their teeth are back to normal. Like, well, that was weird. That hormone haze gets yeah. you, though. <laughs> Watch out, ladies. <laughs> Watch out. Watch out for the haze. <laughs> and then the brothers come in and they're talking and talking. And then she has, so Miranda has Maggie go out with a tray with bottles of beer and pretzels. Because, mm-hmm. you know, Vikings. Yeah, and, like, <laughs> it's appropriate to send your 10-year-old niece out with alcohol as a waitress. To strange men. Right? Like, on your patio. Sandra, what is going on in this book? No. So, no, no, no. We're, like, at one... Kelsey's feeling our pain as we had to read through what this. Was that? She keeps asking like us one... if we're almost over. No, we're right, like, here. No. <laughs> yeah it's like 158 that we're at um out of 340 pages this could have been a novella it could have oh easily could have been charlotte stein come this teach sandra some tips so the brothers are there because they need to give them an update about the lucifiers in vegas and that something's going to be going down yeah and so we need to be ready but mortar's like yeah but i'm i'm doing this well and he's like incognito like yeah. get out of here get out right. of here and Miranda's just like super chill, like, oh, your brother's so perspective. He hasn't even been there for 24 hours. Yeah. Oh, really? Kelsey just like, gasped. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't even think I realized that. Yeah. So he's been there less than 24 hours. No, I no, thought no, it had no, been no, a no, week. No. He mentions it in That's the book. Shocking. I think Miranda says, wow, he's been there less than a day and a half and he's already ruling the house or something like that. And then t- two of his brothers. brothers. Oh, I no, think they are. they are. He doesn't know that they're brothers. They could be working with the dad. Well, I think the other thing, they they do come to tell them that he just got out of prison that day. Are you sure this isn't 24 hours? Yeah, Herrick, the one brother, says he got out today. He was released. So that's the other big reason they're there is like the war. And then, oh, yeah, Roger's out. The one brother is like somehow a security expert. So he like helps them install proper cameras? security cameras and like sensors and stuff like that so they I have a lot know. of money mm-hmm. the evangels and she doesn't even question like where the money is coming from to pay for this she's just sort of like okay she yeah. thinks it's good. a favor from her lawyer oh that's right yeah she really does not ask a lot of questions for a psychologist that's a little weird and an adult responsible for five children yeah mm-hmm. that's also a little weird and a dog. Oh, don't yes. forget the dog. Oh, forget the sorry, dog. And this is the chapter where at the end, the voicemail, like they don't, the phone rings, they don't answer. And then over the the voicemail, they hear the daddy's coming voicemail from Roger. Like it plays, echoes through the house. Kelsey says she's upset. I'm trying to wade through all of this. What happens next? They have dinner. They have, they have dinner. It's, it's a pretty long scene. Like the brothers stay for dinner. I think that they even help like put the kids to bed yeah. or they stay there like late to watch over the house or something mm-hmm. then he tells her who he is yeah that's right tells her he's a spills the beans pretty spills quickly those beans she doesn't believe him though well yeah the one thing she questions and she's like 
what? We have a true blood society here in Las Vegas, just like in Charlene Harris's book about Louisiana. Hey, one, we don't need that information. Right. No. That I'm going to be the next Sookie's Stackhouse. You're no, not. you're not. Don't even. She's like referencing this very obviously successful series in book form as well as a TV series. And she's just kind of throwing it in there because what Meg didn't read is they're like, oh, God, no, nothing like that. Like they kind of throw this like, yeah, <laughs> under the bus. And it's yeah, like, what did he say? He's like, OK, Sandra, I'm sorry, but get <laughs> off your high horse, ma'am. Oh, Mortar was familiar with the True Blood series that was shown on television. He and his brothers had watched the program with amusement. though it was not the usual fanfare for Vangels being R-rated and heavy on graphic sex. When did they have time to do that? I, I guess know. when they've been alive for like thousands of years. In his opinion, Miranda was far more attractive than that dim-witted Sookie Stackhouse character. You know what? Anna Paquin is great. She's great at Sookie Stackhouse. And you know what? Sookie Stackhouse is written pretty well in the books. It's better than this. It could be yeah, rather watch to what than this. I was currently reading. I was <laughs> I was pretty mad on Sookie's behalf. Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh. So then, he tells her and she's kind of like shocked, but then just accepts it basically, right? Yeah, she does. Yeah. She's like, oh, okay. She doesn't question no, she not, not too much. <laughs> question it, Kelsey. <laughs> and then um, the next chapter is just a short two-page chapter about Jasper. And it ju- she just describes what they're wearing. Kelsey asked, and I quote, who the fuck is Jasper? <laughs> End quote. Swear jar. Swear Explain jar. Oh, yeah, the kids have a swear jar. So whenever they say bad words. They have to put a quarter in. But why are they carrying quarters? Why does a five-year-old have like quarters in his pocket? <laughs> also, I will say in the audiobook, this was the most grating oh, thing yeah. ever. <laughs> when she was trying to do children's voices. Swear jar. Swear jar. I was just, oh, I can't handle this. I can't handle this. I guess like I think it's the two twins, the middle twins, like swear a lot was one of their characteristics. One of the two. damn it. Which is like, like shit. Eight. Like he's gonna like just say like he's you know, better yeah. words. I don't know. We never had a swear jar growing up, and I didn't. we grew up fucking fine. <laughs> 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 yeah. So Jasper is the king of hell or the king of horror. He's like he's a Lucifer, Lucifer, who's mm-hmm. second in command, to like Lucifer. Michael, the, the archangel of hell of hell. Yeah, he's the foil to Michael. Yeah. yeah. He loves Vegas, though. First, he says that Beltane, his French assistant, who he then says is Creole. French and Creole aren't the same thing. No. I just wanted to make that clear. And I think it was said in a really weird way. Like his cafe au lait skin, which oh, we'll yeah, talk, yeah, talk about later. Yeah. Do, please do not describe people of color with food. Just in general, Don't just stay just away from food stay words. Stay away from food words when you're describing people's complexions. It's... <laughs> It's not good. No. So he says Beltane was wearing a gray Hugo Boss tailored suit with a crisp white shirt and red tie. A five carat diamond acted as a tie tack. And then Jasper was dressed in similar fashion to Beltane, also in Hugo Boss. But his suit was black with a black silk shirt and black tie and a rare Asian pearl as a tie tack. So it's the same outfit. Oh, wait. Um, hold on. <laughs> yeah, same outfit. But then, but then, but then... Zeb was in a plain black t-shirt tucked into slim denim jeans and a scruffy boot. And Jasper wondered if he might be overdressed. It's and like she took so much time to do this. Is over. That's it. Like the little section for these villains, which we, again, yeah. we just don't need. We so, just don't need that. Yeah, they're in, they're in Las Vegas. That's what we know. They're in Las Vegas to like in get, Las Vegas like to recruit, get recruits. Get Which sinners. Is, also is an idea that didn't occur to them until just now. Right? It's 2014 yeah, in Sin City and they're like, now we should get sold. <laughs> <laughs> they, were, it was like, they were like, wait, 
what's that place they call Sin City? Right? I was like, oh my gosh, guys, really? <laughs> it was established in like what, like the 30s? Yeah. Like they should have been that should have been like their center. Like that should have been where hell was. It should have yeah. been Hellmouth. You're like, how did it should have been, been Hellmouth? Like, yeah, yeah. Right? like yeah, that's um, a good point, Faith. It was like really like <laughs> really. Like, yeah, I thought about that. I thought that place would have been tapped out, right? <laughs> own operations going yeah. on. Dang, we really missed out on this. <laughs> At least they're dressed nicely. Mm. Really, I needed to know that. That tells me so much mm-hmm. about these characters. Well, then the next chapter is when they go on their date and it talks about what they're wearing. Oh, yeah, we have to talk about that. Two pages. Also, side note, I really hate when they describe female characters' attire. It just always is not great. Yeah. It's not great. I agree. And is this the part where they say something that just is like, really? Is this that part, Megan, that um, we talked about earlier? I don't want to like say it if it's not. Kelsey, <laughs> Kelsey, is that not this whole book? It is the whole book. I mean, I guess I can say there's one part where Miranda looks in the mirror, I think, at herself. And I think it's this part where she's getting ready for the date. And she's wearing a dress. And it's not even like a short dress or anything, which she can wear whatever length of the dress she wants. But she thinks to herself, like, I look like a slut. Is that yes. that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I was yeah. like, what the heck does that mean? So slut shame yourself. Also, this woman is a psychologist, psychologist. and keeps using words like slut. crazy, crazy, slut, slut, loony bin, hooker, and then loony like, bin, funny farm. And it's fu- like funny farm. I was like, what You're is the really matter with you? Psychologist. And that's like not even the first part that she slut shames, which we'll get to later. It's like mm. later in the book. The candidates for the nanny. She's like, she had fake boobs. No oh way I'm letting God. her take yeah. care of my kids. No. Yeah. It's like, what? Oh, yeah. And she was um, discriminated against someone who had like tattoos and piercings. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. The nanny thing especially was disturbing. I forgot. We yeah. can't believe we brought the nanny thing. Kelsey said oh. that it sounds like a, a like a baby boomer sort of judgment of Gen X and millennials. Like they're all pierced and tattooed and have fake boobs. Looking at the picture in the back, Sandra Hill is definitely a baby boomer. Mm-hmm. And not that all baby boomers think like that. No, but this one does. It's just really weird. For it's a very part- specific audience, a very specific mm-hmm. set of people, these books definitely are. That's what I was going to say. She lives in yeah. Vegas. Like, there's going to be all different kinds of people there. Yeah. And then there was another thing, which is really, tr- it's very hard. It, Jack Trickson. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like really, it's very problematic. Mortar has a neighbor. So but he, he meets met, him first he met him at in a dive bar. A dive bar. Before he goes to the Mirandas, right? He's a drag entertainer, and but she like she's like he looked like a bimbo and like had this big hair, I and was, this tight whatever, and I'm like, okay, this is very judgmental. One thing like, I am grateful for is that she didn't make him transgender. That's what I was worried about at first, like when it was yeah. like Mortar noticed like the whiskers on the woman's face, and I was like, oh no, like yeah. is, is is it going to be a transgender a person? But then it it didn't go there. It still was very problematic, but I was like bracing myself for that based on how she introduced him. You know what was sad too? You were bracing yourself not because she was maybe going to talk touch on the subject, but because you didn't trust her to be able to touch mm-hmm. on that I did subject. Not. I did not. No. No. Yeah. But it was still very problematically handled. Like he was yeah. pretty much shamed well, for being like gushing as a woman, as a man. Yeah. 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 And the thing that I didn't really like was that he was like, well, I'm forced into doing this. And it's like, there are so many people in drag because they enjoy it. Mm-hmm. It's nothing to be ashamed of. No. And that she says that made me angry. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. just have him have him be a drag entertainer Bet. and be proud of it. Not something that he's like ashamed of and like, yeah. it's like, I'm just doing this to pay the bills and take care of my wife and five children, six children. How like many if, kids? Two kids. He yeah. two kids. Two. <laughs> like if that was the children. case, he could have been the bartender at the bar. Yeah. We don't need to know that he's being forced into this. 
I didn't like that. No. no, I didn't either. But Jack comes back later. All right, so nothing else happens, really. Oh, they they make out in a car. They went somewhere, I think it was maybe to her office, and they drove down the strip. And I've never been to Las Vegas. But I was like, why would... I feel like why? people who are local in Vegas would no. not drive down mm-hmm. the strip. And they drive the entire way down to get to, I think it's her office. It's her office. And I was yeah. thinking to myself, that makes no sense. I've never even been there. And I feel like I know that's not something it's that like they would do. Off, it's like off the freeway. They could have just taken the 15 <laughs> down three exits. Yeah. And like, you're there. Why do you have to drive down the strip? I feel that like, okay, but if it was set in New York, they would have been like, and then they drove through Times Square. It's like... You would never so do that. It's just a... Yeah, it's her just being like, this is Las Vegas. And they yeah. described, like, I think they did, he described what he saw out the window and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. So I, I get why she did it, but yeah. it just was like. Yeah, it didn't make sense. No. They were going out so but that he could show doing? her that there are Lucifiers <gasps> That's and Angels. right. Were, so he yeah. was proving it to her. But they get all dressed up to do it. I guess because yeah. they're going to the strip. But yeah. Because it was also assumed it was a date. Right. <laughs> Romantic. Right. And then this really great one that actually my fiance made a note on because he read part of it. He's like, I want to see what's what's going on. So they're in an elevator. So the door being open and everyone exited, leaving Mortar and Miranda to come out last. Instead of heading to the right where his car was parked, Mortar tugged Miranda into a dim alcove on the other side of the elevator. Which also is like, it's this like, elevator is going up and down. <laughs> like... <laughs> There are people needing to use an this elevator. An alcove of an elevator? What does that mean? It's a box. <laughs> no, it's yeah. Backing her up against the wall. Also, these have cameras in them. Right? Yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. Also, this is in Vegas, this where in elevators Vegas. are like being used by the second. All the time. There's a line for elevators. Mm-hmm. Backing her up against the wall, he succumbed to the taste of her rose petal lips. The apple was never so sweet. In italics. Note to self, apples are red. Miranda is red-haired. Both are sweet temptation. <laughs> and he wrote a note, makes joke, then immediately explains it. <laughs> oh my god. That was his takeaway of this whole interaction. This whole, or like makes a reference and then like explains it. Yeah. Like we under we understand she is the apple. So is this the part where they make out in the car and then there's the like the battle? Is that the same scene? Where there's a battle of the Lucipiers. Oh, right. Yeah, because he points out some people and she was like, no, they can't be bad. They look totally fine. Oh, and then they end up being... They smell like lemons lemons or sulfur or whatever. I got the sense confused, not going to lie. They they smell like bleach. Oh, which one was that? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, I think it's like in a parking garage. He smells them and he realizes that someone's nearby. He tells her to stay and then he runs off towards the scent because he knows there's Lucifer. To like save a human human. from them. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then that's the first thing we had, which we talked about earlier, where it's like, do you repent? And the guy's like, no. And he's like, okay. And then he just is like, throws his hands up. He lets lets them suck him dry until he disappears, supposedly, into like torture hell. And I actually think I want to, if I can find it, read a passage that I read aloud to my fiance and we were like, dying laughing on the beach the other day that was a very socal thing to say but <laughs> like lying on our cute little towel we were just loloing on the we beach like, santa ran, monica it was the part with the holy water it was santa monica actually <laughs> <laughs> so oh my god i read it out loud we were laughing for probably 10 minutes i gotta find it though it was part of the, the holy water wipes 
Because there's a lot going on in that scene. Because he also has, that's where he pulls out like multiple weapons from under his cloak, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So he has the sword that is like retractable. So it's like on a hinge in the middle, yeah. I think. And you can like flip it out. He had <laughs> so like one or two other, and he uses all these weapons in this one yeah. battle. The sword flipping out. <laughs> yes, the sword I was like, I feel like that wouldn't be the sturdiest sword. No, it's a flip out sword. It's <laughs> not real. With, like a hinge in the middle. Like, that's not real. Oh, and she tries to make it justified by saying, oh, we actually have had these for a while we had a genius make these swords that seem impractical she like has a moment where she describes the flip out swords to try to justify their Mm. physical existence this random guy taunts him other lucifiers show up and that's why there's this big battle and the one guy taunts him because he like knew the guy who murdered his children so there's like a random like taunting of like i know the guy who murdered your kids and he said he enjoyed it and it just was like i want i want to forget about that everyone wants to forget about that then that guy's only in this one scene and then i think mortar kills him oh he kills him and then he keeps slashing him as he turns to goo oh that's right yeah. great the next scene which is them just like on lake mead oh yeah oh yeah oh yeah that part you forget it's, it's any like kind family, of paranormal romance family yeah outing it's just like a family outing on lake mead with the kids with and the a kids pontoon boat. they're like making out in front of the kids mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. she says all you have to do is give me one of your smoldering looks and you turn me on so much you make my knees sweat I smolder. That settles it then. We must do something about your sweaty knees. Ew. Uh, (laughs) The boat part, right? There was a child standing right next to them. Kissing again. Yuck. Larry said, opening the ice chest. Oh, yeah. Because at one point he had walked into them like making out. Yeah, he did. Yeah. I have something, something to say about that. Okay. Wet wipe sentence really quick or the, okay. (laughs) Okay. Does that what is that what he means by how he can help her sweaty knees? As we'll see in this passage, they keeps he keeps them in the car, so <laughs> <laughs> So like oh Maybe God. Maybe it's like for loose appears, but also if like you get peanut butter and jelly on your hands, yeah, like he's the like, kids. God, kids, stop being so messy. <laughs> the holy water wipes <laughs> their faces. Multi-use. Do you get God. Pampers or just like the holy water ones? Yeah, the, the generic <laughs> brand. Yeah, the generic. <laughs> okay, real quick. Uh, it says, taking off his cloak, he placed it carefully in the back. Then he went around to the passenger side and opened the door. He took several holy water wipes from a special box. <laughs> <laughs> in the glove compartment, using them to wipe his face and hands, then toss them in a nearby trash bin. <laughs> Which I was like, I feel like you shouldn't throw those away. Yeah. No, but also uh, now in the trash are just like bloody white. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not incriminating. No, not at all. No. At all. Just really funny. So Very the boat weird. scene was really just out of place. It I was, guess she was trying to place like a nice family outing where they kind of all got to bond and have a nice Mm -hmm. time. But I think the one thing that stands out to me at that scene was this conversation. I think it probably was around the sweaty knees where he he comments on the fact that she shaves her armpits and he likes (gasps) it. He likes it. But but what bothered me about that scene the most is he mentions how his wife, who was brutally raped and murdered, had hairy armpits and he didn't like that about her. (laughs) That's all he ever mentions about his wife. Ever. Yeah. Well, no, Ever. I mean, he, he does mention that he liked his mistress more than his wife. At yeah. the beginning yes, of the he book, yeah, he, he like mentions he in the beginning of the book, before we know that both his mistress and his wife have been brutally raped and murdered, he mentions like, oh, my wife nags me all the time, but I have a mistress with like big breasts. Really all we know. And then we find their bodies and then they're never mentioned again. And the only time he ever mentioned his dead wife is when he's like, oh, she had she really hairy hanging, armpits. Like he called them like forests or something. Forest yeah. of hair, which makes me really 
upset because shaving your armpits only came into fashion about a hundred years ago. Yeah. Like before then, for like most of the time that he's been alive, right. women have had hair in their armpits. Like legs and everywhere. And hair yeah. in their legs and hair everywhere. Like you didn't shave. It's very, I mean, the Romans did because they had to like scrape their bodies to clean themselves. Right. Like a scythe thing. So that was different. That was like a very, a striggle you know it. Thanks, Kelsey. Yeah. Strigel, 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 Strigel. Kelsey's mother is an archaeologist and she knows. But I got it. Yeah, I got it right. It was like a weird scythe looking thing. You just scrape the oil off your skin, but it also takes off the hair. The Egyptians, I think at one point, like shaved. But like throughout most of history, people didn't shave because they didn't have nice razors to do it with. So the fact that he's like, it was gross in a forest of hair. It's like, this is such a new fad to you that it shouldn't be something that you find I would think it would be the opposite. But yeah. Then, yeah. But then again, it's like one of those things it's like dude you've seen all of this history you know yeah. this you yeah. know this and it's not like a new thing it and goes back to like the point she's making is yeah. he finds her attractive in all these different yeah. ways but the way she's describing right. it is just this character is tearing other women down to build her up right which is not necessary Right. They're different women and he liked some things about his wife and didn't like them some things. He likes some things about what's her name? Miranda, Miranda. and doesn't like some things. One doesn't have to be better than the other. They're just different people. Right. Mm-hmm. Makes me so mad. Yeah, I didn't also because I don't shave my armpit. So Yeah, other than that, I, that scene made me forget like what kind of book this was. It just was like yeah. they're having a lake day. And it was a pretty long chapter. Mm-hmm. Also, their dad's coming for them. Daddy's coming. <laughs> Daddy's coming. Right, that's right. No sense of urgency nope. to get out of there. Nope, don't, don't. Mm-mm. Go into the lake. I was expecting them to get attacked at the lake, honestly. Yeah, I think that would have been good. Like this turned into like yeah. a horror book. Yeah, like yeah. people creep out of the woods yeah. or something. I don't know. Nothing happened or from yeah. the water. Yeah, nothing happened. It was no. just a, a lake day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, was it the back of her knees or just like the front of the her tops. knees? I don't know. I'm just thinking. The whole knee. (laughs) You would say, like, if it were the back of your knees, you'd say, like, you make the back of my knees sweat. Like my 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 leg pits. Yeah. Kelsey says she thinks Sandra Hill mixed her metaphors instead of like you make me sweat, right? Like you make me so hot and sweaty and you make my knees weak. She just combined them to make it. You make my knees sweat. Maybe we should try it on our significant others. Oh yeah. yeah. I'm gonna be like, like, wow, you're making me so hot. My my knees sweating. (laughs) We'll try that and we'll report back. Okay, so this next major scene is the first sex scene, which I literally just skimmed. We have arrived. It starts... 250, I think. 249, 250. Oh, yeah. So after the lake, they tuck all the kids into bed, tired. Yeah. And none of them the are going to wake day. up because they're all really tired. Not a fun yeah. day. Dude, they don't even make day. them take a, a shower or a bath because they're just, just so tired. And I was like... They're cool. amoebas in Lake Mead. Yeah. Or just like, just lake water. But also there are amoebas in Lake Mead. So I'll just say like, give her the benefit of the doubt. If you got like sleeping kids, you just want them to sleep. That's all right. fair. Sounds fair. Uh, you know what, Caitlin? You know, you, you get the call on the Kids are dirty and you just, just, they just let sleep it go. and you'll deal with it the next day. Okay. Fair. <laughs> you can <laughs> always get medication if they get something <laughs> from the lake. <laughs> so first, they're not having safe sex. And okay, he, can we talk about that? Yes. Because that maybe very because mad. because it was the line. I was mad too. How he reacted to her. No, how she reacted, like her inner dialogue. Both of them. Yeah. Just both of them. Oh, I've got her right here. Both of them. Okay, so he has already explained, I think, that he can't like sire children. 
Mm-hmm. Yes, because it was because his brother has <clears throat> as of angel, which I'm yes. guessing that we learn in like one of the earlier books, like maybe the first book. They make it sound like Michael like was the one who made them all Rendered sterile, them right? Sterile. That's what I kind of got. Right. It, it just really didn't make sense because it's like Michael sees if we were to have sex with human women, that's like we're sinning. But then three of his brothers are all married. And one of them is has a baby on the way. Yeah. Yep. So I think Mortar has already established like he can't sire children. So Miranda knows that. But she says, can you get a condom? And he's like, I can't sire children. And something to the effect of, do you have the quote? Oh, yeah. Um, do you have a condom? I do not need a condom. I carry no disease. And I told you before that I am sterile. Mortar wasn't the first man to claim sterility or a vasectomy when in the throes of sex. But somehow she sensed that he was telling the truth. And so she nodded. Oh my god. So that was totally like my oh honey moment right. for her. Like she's like, other guys have said that, but I believe him this time. <laughs> right. What? You've drawn a line and he should respect that. Right. I I literally was yeah. thinking about it later, being like, Oh honey, what are you doing? Yeah. Like you the whole time. I carry no diseases. You don't know that? Yeah. Do you have the paperwork to prove that? <laughs> yeah. Where's your right? clean bill of health? I want to see that. Book two, she <coughs> dies of chlamydia. Oh, yeah. no. So that was the first frustrating part of this sexual encounter. But this is also yeah. the one where she gets in the shower and then he just walks in like mm-hmm. naked to the shower and joins mm-hmm. her. And they like clean each other. But how it was even written to me was a little bit uncomfortable. Like he just like waltzes yeah. in. Like walks in. No consent. It's not like he knocks. not like she invites him in. He just like enters the shower where yeah. she is like naked and vulnerable and she also uses a lot of pop culture references during sex which i guess some people are into miranda he said with exaggerated shock have you been reading 50 shades she felt herself blush but then countered with equal exaggerated shock mortar have you been reading 50 it's stupid we can edit that out um (laughs) but mortar have you been reading 50 shades only the good parts he said and then she says holy sex in the city as an exclamation oh, that's right. during I that sex. Was weird. Holy sex in the city. Can we edit out all the parts where I'm saying it's stupid? I don't want to be like aggressive. I think we have to make a compilation of Megan's sake. Can we edit <laughs> Yeah, that'll be another uh, yeah. <laughs> Just like at the end. At the end. Well, uh, something else I want to bring up about this sex scene, which I mentioned, I think, to one of you earlier. And this is something I brought up in other episodes is the euphemisms used for genitalia. Well, I'll say it, but I can say okay. it. Because we're not even done with the synopsis. You know what? We really should try to be unbiased until we get to the okay. end. So okay, we can okay, get okay, to okay, the okay. We can't. We have to be unbiased. We're getting there. On. We really are. It we're is just. This is so hard yeah. to be unbiased. This is just the first yeah. sex scene. And it's on page 250. Also, I we just want to add really quickly that at the end of the sex scene, she faints. Yeah, she literally, oh. she literally faints. So that plays into, and I know it's on here like as the tropes and whatnot, but the tropes of like sex with a supernatural being of, I don't want to hurt you. Mm-hmm. I'm afraid don't I'm going to be too powerful. Yeah, Edward yeah. Colin. Edward yeah. Colin. Yeah. And riding the pillow. Uh, it was just so, <laughs> so silly. It just takes away from everything. I don't and then know. she fainted. <laughs> and then she fainted. Just like the sex was so good. I lost oh. consciousness. Oh, and then the other thing that's I was like the most crazy sex ever where she's it's like missionary. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, that's fine. Like, missionary is a great position, but like, it's also just missionary sex. I mean, sex. there wasn't, <laughs> but there wasn't anything about the missionary sex that was something that'd be like, oh, that was crazy. Like, he's not like tying her up no. or using toys. Or like, there's nothing like supernatural in it. Like, if there's something supernatural, it's literally it would... just missionary. Just but he's like that good that he's so good. And then in the next part, so she wakes up, 
What I didn't like is that she wants to go to the bathroom to like clean herself off. And he's like, no, I like it. I'm like, she needs yeah. to go pee. She's going to yeah. get a UTI. Yeah. That's okay. a kidney infection. And, <laughs> chlamydia. And chlamydia. So it's like. Mainly the chlamydia. But <laughs> she gets up. Also. She tries to go and she says, I should wash off this dot, dot, dot wetness. But she's uncomfortable talking about it. And then he says, I like your wetness. And then he like pulls her back into bed. And I was like, let her go, please. They have sex yeah. again. Yeah. yeah, they he, have sex again. He l- puts his hands under her small breasts, because they're small, remember, can't forget, lifting them saucily. What does that even mean? <laughs> I don't know what that means. Like he's flipping a pizza. He like, <laughs> like, like, or like he had a little hat and he like tilted it jauntily. So he's like saucy. Oh, sa- oh he's saucy. Like he's oh, saucy. He's saucy. He had like a little cocked hat. And he was like, I, just, I mean, maybe he had some tomato sauce right next to him and he's like, oh, so he's saucy. Yeah, maybe that. That's why the sex was so great. Oh. they had food included in it. It was okay. like, you know, testing those boundaries. Explain more than what was explained. <laughs> the, yeah, for the fainting and everything, yeah. Then she wakes up and she was Playboy Bunny of the Year, Bimbo Barbie, and Male Fantasy number one, all in one neat come to bed lover package. Get out of here. Get out of here with that. No one likes it. And this is where, like, his brothers show up again. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And he just, they make fun of him, kind of. Oh, right. Uh, what is it? Locker room talk, oh. right? Oh, so we in this part, we also have another, there's another chapter with Roger. So Roger is in Vegas with Clarence. They're staying with Clarence's oh, cousin, God. who's a pimp. So they're staying in this apartment above a pizza shop, and there's like, that's where they got the sauce. He says that's where they got the sauce. Yeah, oh, and oh, but they're staying with like, with his cousin. His, oh, they the were staying with the cousin. And then Clarence kills him. And becomes like the head becomes pimp. Becomes the head pimp. A couple that are... Linda, Ger- Jeanette, Jeanette and, and the G- Gerald. George or Gerald. Yeah. I think it's Gerald and, and like Roger always is like, well, this is a really attractive couple. But then one of them is like sleeping with Clarence and he and, and like she w- he woke up to Jeanette, oh, Jeanette biting his neck. Right. And then he's like, that was kind of Suspicious. weird. And then there's a yeah. random like there's a sex worker in there also. Claudia, wo- who's like Carlotta, Carlotta, like a random like who's like she oh, like yeah, she like encourages them to kill Miranda. Yeah, for some she's like oh yeah, that bitch needs to die because she took all your stuff. Yeah, all of a and she like invested. wants the money, yeah. but they think they're gonna get from killing Miranda, which makes no sense. Makes no, no sense. But Carlotta also is like invested. She's like, okay, here's the sex worker. Which yeah, it's Vegas. It's there's Vegas. lots of sex workers. Yeah, and let me make her a horrible person right get out of here <laughs> with your judgment so yeah then we get to so they're there well they and get, then he starts and then roger starts craving lemonade remember oh, yeah. he starts <laughs> craving lemonade oh well he itches the weird thing the on weird bite neck. but at this point we learn why clarence wants to help him mm. and i have it highlighted oh yeah this is where it gets bad yeah this is what kelsey <laughs> figured out yeah clarence just like lays it out on the table 270 yeah it's jeanette and george george and jeanette i don't want to repeat the dialogue because i think it's disgusting yes, 270 it is so the reason clarence wanted to come with was because he had heard that there was children involved in roger's life and he's like well you should get go get your house and your children back and so Clarence makes a deal and he's like, hey, I'll take care of Miranda mm-hmm. for you. I'll kill her for you and take care of all of it. But I want a little something in return. And he's like, what do you want in return? And he's like, a date. And he's like, what? Why do you need me to set up a date? And he's like, oh, with your daughter. And he's like, she's 10. He's like, no, the other one, the five-year-old. Yeah. Of which Roger ar- initially is disgusted. For like, like five seconds. Yeah. For five seconds. And I'm writing here, 
what the fuck <laughs> no it was extremely <laughs> disturbing like, yeah, so like extremely. what Claire says is clearly disturbing but disturbing. Roger's dialogue is more disturbing because yeah. he goes yeah. into saying like well I'm not really close to the girl anyway it's about horrible. his five year old baby child daughter yes and then he's like that bite on my neck kind of hurts and then he's like he had a sudden yearning for a glass of lemonade and that's where we find out that not only do you smell like lemons, but you crave, you crave, lemon. <laughs> you crave lemon. Again, just thrown in there. Yeah. Oh, but then the next, the thing about that is that the next page, the next couple of pages is a sex scene between Mortar and Miranda. Mm-hmm. Talking oh, about yeah. how they have sex. And I had so much trouble jumping from this man is a pedophile who wants to rape a child to we have sex all the time. Yes. Not great oh, placement. No. No. Not good. And, and, I, so, and then it's like a montage of them having sex every hour around the house mm. on the weekend with the kids there. Oh, and the reasoning being he couldn't get enough of her was knowing that Michael was going to find out he was sinning at some point and having sex with her. And he knew he'd have to leave and never come back. So he's like, well, I'm going to get as much sex as I can. Day off. Yes. Weekend day with the kids around. And then Jack Trickson shows up the drag performer and he had heard he'd seen a suspicious car around the neighborhood oh yeah they yeah that's right they'd seen a suspicious yeah. car this is when jack knocks on the door yeah. saw a suspicious car and then later on after mortar leaves but why oh why does he leave though clarence had been bragging about how he's going to kill miranda he posted that he was gonna like kidnap them and take them and he's like why would someone say what they were gonna do before they do it yeah. Nope. Apparently, when they saw the suspicious van, she reported it, but the police were kind of like, well, if you don't have any proof, like, we can't do anything. And then that was it. So then she's at, she's, they're making dinner, she and Darla and the kids. And there is a knock at the door and Las Vegas Police Department. And there is this officer in a uniform, the big black man in a uniform, handed through a leather folding case, holding an LVPD badge on one side and a card identifying him as Sergeant Dorham. The first clue that they might have, this is later, The like she's like, oh, who are you? He's like, there's been a suspicious car. Their first clue that they made a mistake might have been when they noticed that he sported a gold-filled front tooth and diamond ear studs the size of peas. Why would that be a bad sign, though? It's a bad sign to us, the readers, but why would that be a bad sign? Because they're racist. Yeah, that, no, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry. Like, I just, like, jumped to, like, the actual thing. That's like, what it yeah, is. They're racist. it's like, yeah. I was like, okay, well, I know why this was bad, because it's Clarence, but they wouldn't know that. How would they're they know? saying it's a bad sign to them, because they're being racist. Yeah. 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 Exactly. And then he's like, come here, child. And you're like, oh, oh God. Yeah. God. And then a bunch of things happened at once. So they're pulled out of the house. Oh, after Linda, Darla gets hit over the head. Yeah, Darla's hit over the head. And then Miranda and Linda. Linda are pulled out into the car. And then I like to call this Deus Ex Lucipiers. <laughs> <laughs> Basically. <laughs> That's a good title. Uh, yeah, do you want to describe... So the villain Clarence, who is built up as this extremely evil person who we know is like on track to be a lucifer, super evil villain, in a matter of moments, George and Jeanette, that couple, roll up, turn into demons and kill him in like half of a page. Yeah. Ha- and it's like not, I definitely wanted him to be out of the picture, but for how much he was built up as like this terrible villain, he's gone in like eh, two seconds. And he's just captured Miranda and Linda, the little mm-hmm. child. So yeah. we know that's a bad situation. 
But then Lucifer's come in. And like, I mean, they are. And they get him out. They kill him. The thing that you think would be like, well, they're evil. So they would probably want to wait until he's killed them before they get him. Like, they like destruction, right? So why did they come in here and foil his plan? I didn't get that at all. Like, he wasn't full Lucifer soul yet. Yeah. Yeah. But so Roger is sitting in the getaway car and he sees all of this. Yes. Still takes Miranda and Linda. So Roger takes Miranda and Linda. Again, the stakes weren't there for me once they killed Clarence because like Roger, we've seen from getting his point of views, really isn't that tough of, of a guy. He doesn't, I don't even know if he has a gun in this. If he ever had a gun at any point during this like kidnapping of them, he never uses it. Like no. he's not threatening. He's nope. not scary. He, there's no threat really of like danger to them at all. After this like one scene, he still drives away and he takes them to the pizza shop. Yeah, the apartment above the pizza and shop. And he like holds them captive there. Then like feeding them pizza. The sex workers take Linda and like make her into a beauty pageant contestant oh, yeah. and like feed her junk food. I thought that was weird too. They like they describe it as like they make her look like a little adult, like with the makeup and everything. And I was like, Yeah, can like, we stop? Unnecessary. It was bad. Yeah. And um, then And Miranda's also not like psychoanalyzing him. No. Like trying to like get herself out of the situation. Like that would have been super interesting. That would have been really great. But here's the thing. She wasn't written as a psychologist. She was written as a damsel in distress. She doesn't know how to do those things. Even with Carlotta, because Carlotta's there and she's like encouraging Roger to kill right. Miranda. Miranda Roger can't bring himself to do it. He just like brings her pizza. And she's just that's the climax. Literally says she's waiting for Mortar to show up. Why hasn't Mortar showed up? Which in the meantime He's like off battling. In a battle with Jasper that lasts four pages. And just ends so anticlimactically. So anticlimactically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jasper gets away, right? I think so. I think yeah. so. And Mortar's like really hurt. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Which he is got, why oh, yeah. he, he didn't have her. any holy wipes. No, that was the part where he, he got wipe. bitten no. like on the arm or something. And it was like, oh, by the way, Luce appears. Oh, bites are deadly. Even though right. Mortar has said like, I'm not like a normal person. I yeah. It takes a lot to kill me. But then like this one little bite is like, if it doesn't get treated, I'm going to die. And I was like, oh, great. Okay. So he gets wounded in more than one way though. I think his arm almost gets sliced off. Oh, it's it's it kind of was like mirroring his final like human death a little bit. They tried to pull that in. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, oh, I missed it true. clearly. Like full circle his death. And then I think his brother ends up rescuing Miranda because he's recovering, <laughs> which is like so his brother goes and saves her, which is funny because my husband asked me that like, well, in the end, does the angel save her? And I was like, no, no, it's his brother <laughs> that goes and saves her because St. Michael. Yeah, we're still talking about him. He is mad at Mortar and mm-hmm. It's essentially like when he's recuperating in like angel jail yeah, and yeah. he won't let him go see Miranda. Maybe there was something I missed that you three may be able to explain, but it talks about how Lizzie Borden has to bring him his meals and she knows that he hates peas. So she brings him like plates of peas and I didn't really get it because they also talk about in the book like, oh, they have this fake blood like supplement that they drink as true vampires. Blood. They have true blood. They have true blood. And then yeah. like he, they also drink beer a lot because they're Vikings and then he's eating peas like in the prison. <laughs> like I didn't get it at all. I what was like, I don't get what their what the I rules are. I like their diet. I and didn't. that was just like a very specific thing to throw on that. Like, haha, Lizzie's like giving him peas. I'm, like I don't care. He has a conversation with Michael. It was that was just really there's weird. so many conversations in this book that there are were. just like so. Michael comes to 
see him, Michael's like, how dare you sin? Like, you broke the rules, blah, blah, blah. I can't possibly, like, let you leave. You have to think about your actions or something like that. And then, surprise, it's like, oh, wait, but we already have three Vangels who have married human women, and we've made exceptions for them. So, surprise, like, we're going to make an exception for you. Mm-hmm. Because... The, the children, children pray. Were prayed. Oh, that's why oh, yeah, the because children babies prayed. prayed. Yeah, and the reason yeah. they were praying was because they were taken to uh, was it Varick or one of Mortar's brothers that lives in Louisiana with his pregnant wife. They were mm-hmm. taken to their house, and that's where they meet. So it kind of goes off the rails a little bit. Yeah. So Although I is- did appreciate that she didn't go fifty pages into them going to Louisiana. I liked that. I mentioned that. I was like, nice summary. I like yeah, that. It was good. I really like apply it. this other. We did apply it for the whole everywhere. rest of the book. <laughs> Literally, we still have like forty pages left, Kelsey. We're almost there. We're almost, almost there. there. We're almost there. <laughs> we promise. But we meet uh, Tante Lulu. A character I'm presuming was in the other books. I also know that Sandra Hill from Looking at Goodreads has a like Cajun, Cajun series. series. Oh. So I'm wondering if she maybe was a character in that or if she's just in like the other Evangel books. But she comes to visit them at Mortar's brother's house and tells them that they should pray and that will help like solve their problems. Mm-hmm. So that's why the children are the praying because pray. Miranda's like I haven't prayed in a long time but we'll try it and then that's like that, that they works. pray and then that's why Michael decides to let him like go live with them oh and then oh, there's so many things I have to say about this and it's like the end of the book another part I thought was interesting was the conversation she has with Mortar's brother's wife is it Gabrielle oh, yeah. I highlighted oh. that it was really strange How to me I'm pregnant well my husband and I are immortal the child won't the be the child for some will not be immortal and she's like michael allowed me and my two sisters-in-law to marry angels we live as long as they do and no longer we will not age the same as them if they die tomorrow we would die too as for I the did baby, not like that either yeah that was yeah. Felt like your like life that. is linked to your husband's yeah whose like job that. is to kill lucifers lucifers yeah. as for the baby gabriella's voice quivered ivec and i will not age but our child will in other words we will one day bury our boy that is what we are having, a boy. That seems rather cruel. Miranda said that. Gabrielle shrugged. It's a choice I made. Why aren't I being given a choice? Oh, gosh. What do you mean? Well, Ivic tells me that Mortar is being held prisoner or something back at the castle in Pennsylvania, and he's not permitted to contact me. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> Way to make it about yourself, Miranda. Yeah. <laughs> that comes into play later, though, because Mortar gets out. He comes back. And Miranda has this, we'll have to find it, this like really, really short internal like monologue where she realizes like, oh, that means the five kids are going to die one day and Mortar and I won't. But I guess that's fine. Like it's super like she glosses over it. Yeah. And because it's tied into the whole like Gabrielle being pregnant. But he gets out. He comes back. It's the final. This happens a lot in romance novels where it's like the final like roadblock they have to get through where it's like normally it's one of them is mad at the other for some reason so in this case she's mad that he didn't took contact pe- her yeah. after it was very much like well you didn't reach out and he's like hi i was dealing with other angel i things. was wounded yeah i was wounded i almost died but saint michael put me in angel jail like all these things and she was just so much like yeah but you didn't reach out to us we've moved on 
just seemed very out of the blue. So then finally he's out. He gets a haircut, which maybe is what your cover is. Yeah, maybe that's yeah. the audiobook cover the is audiobook. mortar with a haircut. And our cover is like pre-haircut <gasps> Wait, mortar. But you guys missing? are missing the scene with the kids dressed up. Oh, oh yeah. Wait. <laughs> Now we go into like a Scooby Doo. I just tried to get to the end. Oh gosh! We have to because in my note I said the kids should have just dressed like what's his name from BoJack Horseman? Vincent Adultman. Vincent Adultman with three kids on top of each other in a trench trench coat. coat. That's what should have happened. But no, no, no. We get this. We get Herrick. So this is Mortar's brother? Yeah, is yeah that his brother. Is like a casino? At a casino, just hanging out. Is he meeting with like no, someone? He's gambling. No, he's gambling. gambling when he's he gambling. shouldn't be. There were five little people. Two girls or women wore wigs and wobbly high heels and enough makeup to plaster the ceiling of the Sistine Chapel. Their spandex dresses highlighted breasts that were either bad boob jobs or nature's mutants. The boy men wore little suits and hats. A beret and a Stetson. And why were they waving at him? It's the children. <laughs> Jack Trixon dressed them no, up. No, 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 no. Right? No, he didn't dress them up. Are he they, has a closet oh, they full of stuff. stuff. He thinks that the babies are down oh, in the right. basement watching that. kids. Jack's a good person. Jack is a very good parent. They stole I'm his sorry, stuff. Jack. They dressed up as adults. The girls are wearing spandex dresses with fake boobs with in fake them. Boobs. Yeah. Very inappropriate. Extremely. And they're like, hey, we came in to like sneak into the casino <laughs> dressed How as would adults. I know that. And like, I feel like she was trying to make it like funny and endearing. I no. just was like, no. It's disturbing. Yeah. They, yeah. Did. they made it to the casino. <laughs> I think that they take like dressed as a Kelsey is shook. <laughs> and then Michael's all upset. He's like, How would they know to find you here, you gambler? <laughs> He's not worried about also, the kids getting like, to no. the casino. Well, also, how did they like walk to the casino? They're oh, five they years the bus. old. They took a bus okay. or something. Okay, well, why wasn't th- someone should have just said like if you something. think through the scenario? Why wasn't the bus driver like, "Hey, are you okay? Are you all right? Are you okay? Where's your? This seems odd." Jack was watching Jack? them. He thought they were playing. In- no, 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 he, he thought th- they were playing. <laughs> did he lock them in the? He thought they were playing like in the. He thought they were watching movies in the basement. And then they sneak and then, out and take a bus to the street. Yeah, and, and then get into a casino. They get Herrick, and then they're like, "You need to get Mortar," and he's like, "Okay, we will." Then Mortar gets let out because Michael's like, "You can marry her if you want." Yeah, well, he's like, "You went over my head, you over my and head. you had little children pray to God, little and children now God's pray to like, God, not yeah. cool." Yeah, yeah. It's like, isn't there like an oversight thing? Like, I don't know. Yeah. Like, just like, where are the checks and balances? Where are the in checks the and balances? <laughs> so he's let out. He's like, "I didn't get these kids to pray," and he's like, "Well, they must just love you so much. Fine, you're out, and you can yeah, marry." Like her. Michael was like very sad that people were praying, which doesn't seem very characteristic of him. Yeah, Mortar gets a makeover. What does he wear? Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, he wears, surprise, black Hugo Boss over a crisp white dress shirt and a Ralph Lauren tie and Italian loafers. Um, This is not the first time Hugo Boss has been mentioned. I think the we talked about that. Third it's just time. Just like, she's very into mentioning specific brands. Hugo Boss. Especially Spe- Hugo Boss. This book is brought to you by Hugo Boss. Not this podcast. Yeah, so he gets like, he cuts his hair short. Gets a and soul patch. He gets this like a soul patch and a mustache, but then I think Miranda says she doesn't like his mustache because it looks like a caterpillar or something. So then he's, he's had a mustache the whole time unless he's had an Amish beard. <laughs> like he's had a mustache the entire time. So then he shaves his face completely because Miranda says she doesn't like it. And that's probably what your cover is. That's, that's my yeah, only guess. Yeah. Ours is the post 
mm-hmm. battle. And then he's like, I was locked in a castle tower. I could hardly come to you. And she's like, have you ever heard of Rapunzel? You could have just climbed down your hair or something. Not necessary. Not needed. And then he says, Miranda, I love you. First time I think we've had the hero say it first. Mm-hmm. No, 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 no. Yes. I thought in, did he say in Duchess Maybe Steel in Duchess Steel he says it. I understand that book is the book that I was like, Ugh. the first time someone said it. Yeah, Maybe I think it he, wasn't. I think I he does because Duchess Steel is the perfect romance novel. Mm. It is. It's an amazing book. You should read that one next. You should read that one to feel <laughs> better. It's so good. It's so good. We Can we just talk about that? Yeah, let's talk about that one again. <laughs> so he says, Miranda, I love you. Her heart about melted, but she had to be strong. Too late, mortar. Go away. Why is she mad at him again? He took too long. He took too long to get to her, even though she's safe. And the kids are fine. Like he didn't come immediately because oh, guys, I think it mentions like doesn't it say like he oh she had her? she had heard he got out of the Angel prison like six days ago, but yet she hadn't heard from him. Yeah. And so then she was salty. Yeah. And then she all of a sudden because of that decides we don't even want you in our lives anymore. It's not even like I'm mad at you. I need to have some time away or we need to talk through this. It's literally like get out. I don't. Yeah, she just want out you. Out yeah. Right now, it's the end of you and me. Wow. Oh, okay. Beautiful. <laughs> Basically, that's what happened. So she just sang a JoJo song at him, and then he left. I wouldn't be surprised if that's where the book right. went, because she does make more references. Like, Who is this JoJo? I prefer Christina Aguilera. <laughs> <laughs> I'm more of a Mandy Moore fan myself. <laughs> and then he leaves, and he's like, "I'm going to battle for your heart. You will surrender." Here we go. Okay. Great. Great writing. Very realistic. These are very much adult adult conversation. So this is where she's so angry at him for not coming sooner. She stamped her foot. We are not your family. You should be, he said. You will be. She stamped her foot again. No, no, no. He stamped his boot. Yes, yes, yes. She frowned at him. He smiled at her. Writing. <laughs> like, <laughs> I just was like, this is at the very end, too. But then, obviously, they make up. I believe they have... There's another sex scene. There is. <gasps> this was a well, weird one, Okay, too. wait, wait, wait. Yeah. But before no, this then, one was weird. It was, was very fun. weird. But before then, we've yeah. got her group meeting. Oh, that's right. <laughs> oh, my gosh. She's the <laughs> worst. We're, we're like 20 pages away. I promise. We're almost there, Kelsey. Kelsey and almost everyone there. listening. She feels um, a lot in. <laughs> again, this is like been a novella. She's the worst psychiatrist. Um, she's a bad psychiatrist. She judges all of her patients. Oh, yeah. So I think this is a really funny thing. So after a 15-minute break, she led the next session on teenage self-esteem. It was sad to hear all the young girls bemoan their self-identity tied in with magazine and TV images of gaunt, tooth and body frames, and outer beauty as an indicator of worth. Even more alarming was the bullying that went along with physical appearance. She's been doing that to herself the entire book. Mm-hmm. And to all the nannies. And there was a lot of like... She's the worst. I thought there was also subtle shaming of like the sex workers and stuff like that yeah. too. Yeah. So oh, yeah. Just like... Probably not even subtle. I don't even think it was subtle. Not su- yeah, just judgment. She judges all of her. There's a man who suffered impotency due to his PTSD. Um, a woman who is a self-proclaimed nymphomaniac. A couple who argue about how much sex they, they would like to engage in. And then mortar. Mortar he just shows, shows up. up in this group. He's yeah. wearing a leather duster that doesn't say Hello's Angels. It says The Other Angels. Which is very important. Was that made by Hugo Boss? It was either Hugo Boss or Ralph Hugo Ralph Boss oh, original. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Hugo Boss original. <laughs> Exclusively at Hugo yeah. like Boss. Ed, it was like a partnership with Ed Hardy. It was like oh, a partnership with Ed Hardy. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of what I pictured. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> 
fake wings with like floral <laughs> yeah. decor on it. Yeah. So in this like group therapy session, Mortar starts to like bring in their own personal. I feel like sex well, you could not do. No, you can't. And, but she engages can't in it too. Yeah, she's like, she Mortar, you can't. And and he with continues. the clients yeah. there. Her clients are there. Yeah, it was wild. Mm-hmm. And somehow from that, he like wins her over. That's right. How do they get back yeah. together? Remember. <laughs> I don't know. Where does it happen? Okay, so... Oh, he convinces her to ride on his motorcycle because it'll make her hot. <laughs> the vibrations Wait. will make her all... Has he had a motorcycle gosh. this whole time? <laughs> I don't know. Sure. I think so. Well, he's had different cars. Remember, he had like the SUV. He the had the Hummer. Lexus. The Hummer. I thought that was yeah. very cool. Mm, very masculine. Mm. Um, and then he asks if she'll marry him. She says yes. Well, she says so once he takes her to the giant house. Once he takes her to the giant house on his motorcycle. That's right. You guys can describe this sex scene. That was the one where they go like into the, it's like, I guess, a walk-in closet. Oh, because he's showing her the house. Because he's showing her the house. Mm -hmm. And there's a full-length mirror in the closet. And he closes the door after them and starts like taking off her clothes. And she's very uncomfortable. She's like, no, like I don't want in front of a mirror. Like she's still very insecure in her body. And she's like, I don't want to do this. And he's like, I'm going to show you like why I love your body. Yeah. And then they undress each other. But she seems kind of hesitant and it was a little bit uncomfortable. And then they just, they have sex like yeah. in the closet. Sex in front of a mirror isn't anything new or odd. I think it was just the way that he was obviously objectifying her. Mm-hmm. He was just like, this is the part that I like. And also this thing and this thing. And it's like calling back to like her group session. Like, and yeah, she, right. She didn't like, want the way to. it was written. It was like they go into the closet. He like closes the closet door. He makes her undress in front of the yeah. mirror. It was very objectifying. Yeah. And then they like talk about the kids right after having sex. Yeah. Time I like the kids love you. This is going to be great. You can't separate from us because the kids will be really hurt as a reader. It's hard to it's change hard gears. to switch gears that quickly. Yeah. As she writes it. And, and then there's the ep- epilogue. Yeah. Which, which I, I was like, didn't, didn't have we have three epilogues? You didn't need to. But the last thing I want to add about that last sex scene, which also has happened once before, is this is where the vampire comes in, oh, is right. something else that oh. they do yeah. during sex as vampires is they will like nibble on their partner. So on this last sex scene... They drain the blood like a parasite. <laughs> <laughs> Miranda is dead. <laughs> the book's over. Book's over. But no, She's so in this UCI scene, and blood loss, <laughs> mainly the blood loss. But <laughs> oh my gosh! Like but yeah, in yeah. this that scene in the closet, he bites her neck, and she enjoys it. Mm-hmm. And then that's again we're bringing up the vampire. So then there's the epilogue. They get married in the backyard. So they end up getting married. Yeah, fully knowing that they are going to be immortal, and the children will die. And she's like, "Cool, it's fine. It's fine. I'm good." Okay, you're going to be attached. Your life is attached. You are now linked to him, who again puts himself in danger. Yeah. Yeah. And also, you know that inevitably, if you live long enough, you're going to have to bury all these children. Mm -hmm. Watch them die. And she's like, yep, sign me up. I love this man who I've known maybe a month. Yeah. Maybe. maybe. Not long. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We're not really sure. That's generous. It is. I mean, they did go to Lake Mead together. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The end. And then there's the glossary if you want to read through it. No, but. the epilogue. Did you wait? The epilogue is where they get married. No, 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 no. But oh gosh, the you finish it off. Part. So the yeah, book ends it. ends with Michael sitting up on a cloud because you know angels with shocker mortars children. 
His two his savagely two murdered savagely murdered children, children are looking down at their father, happy with a new family. Is Papa happy now? God, Michael's so, like, yes, yes, children. He's getting so great sad. sex. He's very <laughs> happy. So that's how that's how it ends. Like, good. They're We're good. So glad We're Papa so happy. Is so happy. Let's go play now. Yeah, with toys he never got to give them. <laughs> with toys by they the never way. got to yeah. give. Them. Isn't that like part of ghost things though? Like you can't have things with you that you didn't have right when you died. Megan, yeah, what sense. are the rules though? Yeah, that's like just basic ghost stuff. That's basic ghost. <laughs> She Goes doesn't do basic all, anything. But I don't think that they're necessarily ghosts. And if they're like with the angels, they maybe are also angels. It, Michael told them that they're in heaven. Oh, that's right. He did. So. And that is the end of this book. Yeah. So, yeah, that was, okay, that was a synopsis. Oh, my God. <laughs> and lots of opinions oh in there, God. which not as, couldn't avoid. Not as unbiased as we had wish it's hard it's really hard so as a podcast we try not to be too negative when it comes to books just because no one like anyone can rip apart a book you know yeah, like and, that, and we don't we don't we want to be able to like give you a view of the book because just because we didn't like a sex scene maybe it wasn't our kind of kink maybe it was like a little for sex and that turns people on we don't judge people we don't we don't want you to no feel judged shaming. like no nope. n- no abuse IRL but if that is your thing that is your thing Mm-hmm. This is different. Who They're, likes kids getting victimized? With no warning. Can you yeah. imagine yeah, no warning. reading this that have true trauma related yeah, to who these issues? Yeah, who have abused in their past. And had no idea when they picked up a romance book about vampires and angels that and Vikings that this that was what this they is what they were read. getting. There's a lot of racism. There's racism. Yeah. It was one of those books where you assume everyone's white unless it's stated otherwise. And you shouldn't do that. If you're going to describe one character's skin color, you need to be describing everyone's skin color. Yeah. So depictions of femininity. What do we think about that? Wrap dresses. Um, Wrap dresses. dresses. I think in this universe, you are either a beautiful, saintly lady, pure, or you are a quote unquote, Mm -hmm. a whore. You're either good or you're bad. There's no in between. There is no gray. There's black and white. Yeah, I would agree. I think, yeah, I think that's on multiple levels, which we talked about, like the good mother, not good mother. What does that look like? Or even just in between like a mother and a single female choosing a career path too and what that means. And then, of course, just the whole description of Miranda from Mortar's perspective perspective (laughs) the very first one yeah especially yeah it's about like the parts of her body as opposed to her as a person right and how confused he is that he actually likes it (laughs) and he gets an instant boner (laughs) again i think you said caitlin it could have just been like oh she's so beautiful but they went to like just too much you need to dial it back yeah and i think that it is telling that all of the all of the female villains in this story are sex workers Mm mm-hmm Depictions of masculinity. I think it was pretty stereotypical. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He came to save the day. He was strong. He was powerful. The men use women. Even like Michael His interactions with his brothers were kind of, I think Megan, you said it like locker room talk. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's mostly what it was. Yeah. Like making fun of him because he wasn't having sex. He was sexually aroused by anything, but then also making fun of him once he did have sex. It was. I don't think that happens in real life. Like from all the men I've talked to, because you know, I've like thought about ask, this, but I know our friends that would I never happen. It, that would never happen. No. So I, I'm not going to say I don't think that happens in real life. It probably does. I'm sure some. I'm sure some guys do. I've to never encountered degree, it. Or yeah. maybe like when you're like a teenager. Maybe but, when you're a teenager. But not like brothers who've been alive for like thousands of years. Right. And you're like yeah, Viking that point men. It's like 
I feel like at that point you'd be like Dr. Manhattan and just like none of this matters. Yeah, yeah right? Yeah, exactly. I would be. Yes. Right, people or whatever. I am of angel. I feel like at that point that's what you would be like, not like, oh, oh yeah. you got some. <laughs> yeah. So. Okay, so the fantasies. Yeah, so there are a lot of tropes and cliches. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah. So there are definitely the guideposts in this. They were there, definitely. They were there where it's like, we can't be together, but we want to be together. And like something's keeping us apart. like I mentioned, even like the very last part where Miranda's like, get out of here. Like, we don't need you in our lives. Like that was, there's usually like one final conflict to overcome. And it's usually like, I don't love you anymore. or You're not who I thought you were or get out of my life. But there are a lot of bad cliches. Like bad. They're just like really overused. The insta love? Gosh, that is my biggest pet peeve with like any love story. And Mm -hmm. I know that's hard to show and depict. I actually was listening to another podcast talking about um, rom coms Mm -hmm. and how like most rom coms you do, they show like a montage of them falling in love. Yeah. But like a good romance would be you actually seeing them falling in love. And that's what that's what solidifies it. And I feel like, okay, movies and shows are one thing, but like a book, like fucking write it out. Like show me how they're falling in love. Make me believe. Because that makes these other scenes that are going to be cliches, you you can be like, well, that's fine that it's cliche because I believe they're in love. Exactly. You know? But this was just so... I think that's what hung me up. I was like trying to count it out. I was like, no, they've literally known each other for three days. Yeah. No. Yeah. And you can even put in there like, well, they're soulmates because of the scent thing. But it's like, (laughs) I don't get that. No. I don't understand that. All of the conversations they have are arguing. They don't find any common ground except for the kids. Which is fun. Like I personally, I think that's funny when, or like not funny, but I like it. I think it's cute when people are like opposites and then they end up. Yes. I like that cliche trope, whatever. Yeah, uh, yeah it's, it's one great. of my faves. It's cute. Dover. And that can be done really yeah. well. Right. Yeah, but you have to like show them growing and finding something that they both care about the but, same. But all of the opposites they were talking about in the book were just about each other. Oh, your body turns me on. And she's like, what do you mean my body? Like it was just... Word for word dialogue from the book. (laughs) It was like they were playing a game of telephone and they didn't understand what the other person was saying. That was it. Oh, I'm sure tons of guys must say you're beautiful. Why would you say that? Because he thinks you're beautiful. (laughs) Like, do you not? That's how conversation works. It happens a lot with like Mary Sue's or girls who are like, I'm not pretty. Or like, she doesn't know how pretty she is. I was like, that guy could never think of You see that in like young adult fantasy a lot. Yeah, YA stuff. Or like YA in general. In this book, he was like literally saying, I think you are attractive. And she's like, what do you mean? And Um, then the whole actual sex scenes itself, I mentioned before, it was just the like sex with a supernatural character which in this case again it's the male supernatural character so then it plays into the masculinity and he's too yeah. strong he's so strong he's so strong he can oh, so you know, strong. he can go forever it and like, give her instant orgasms the most crazy orgasm she's ever had did she even have orgasms oh, before yes. that's, that's and that's the thing too it's like this mind-blowing sex that she's thinking she's gonna pass out from yeah. that to me like to your point it's you need some of those and I think if it was lacking, I'd probably be like, that seems fishy because he's a vampire angel. So mm-hmm. there'd be something. But to be like, wow, this is the best sex I've ever had. It's like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, he hasn't had been sex in centuries. Like <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then like, I think that he wouldn't have lasted me. so long to <laughs> Duchess deal. The yeah. first time oh, he was yeah. like, but he thinks that and it was funny. Yeah. He's just and, like, like realistic. Yeah. He's like, I haven't had sex in so long. This isn't going to take very long. <laughs> yeah. That book was so good because of it things like so that. It was so good yeah. because of stuff like yeah. that like they're real human emotions 
emotions. And I think what also threw me off about him is he went from talking about how he hadn't had sex in a really long time to like every time he talked to her, he was like, I can show you how good of a lover I am. And I was like, you haven't been anyone's lover for years. And the first red flag I noticed, I noted in my book because I had literal red flags. If you ever had a woman in his bed, he was afraid he might hurt her. Really I can't trust myself around it you. It creeped me out. Yeah, because yeah, first he's like, I never hate women and I don't want women. And then finally he's like, I'm a gentle lover. And it's like, are it you? Can't just The insta love wasn't so strong that it was like, he's a, it's a 180. He's a completely different person. He's the same person. He's just, yeah, I think she's hot. And that's it. I didn't buy it. No. Did they ever explain, what was it, the Viking S or whatever? What the S spot? No. The S spot. They never explained that. I, no. Yeah. No, that didn't. She I'm may, guessing I'm going to see if it's in the, the other glossary. Books. Yeah. It might be in the other books. That would have been a fun scene having him show her the Viking S spot. Right. An S spot would have been great. Right. I still am just mad he never got his wings. They oh, kept yeah. alluding oh, yeah, to that, didn't. like, because I guess one of his brothers had wings and he has wings on the cover. So I was like, at some point, he, Michael's going to be like, you have redeemed yourself. Have these wings and go live your life with Miranda. But no, that didn't, there's no has, wings. Like, the wing nubs on his back. They're just nubs. <laughs> From the cover, I was promised wings. Okay, so tropes, cliches. I think we hit yeah. a lot of mm-hmm. them. Um, overall characterization... And POV of characters. This was third person limited of the characters. It was actually very limited for how many points of view we got. Yeah, although mm-hmm. you do have a few authorial breaks, she talks to you. There are a few that I noted. Really? Yeah, she's like, in just a little bit, Mortar's gonna be tempted beyond his. Oh yeah, you're whatever, right. whatever. Or like and I'm like, the end of chapters, like she puts in her little authorial voice. Is that is she talking to us? I think you're right. This is unusual. You don't usually get a breaking of the fourth wall with a limited third person. Structurally, with the point of views, it was really jarring. I think it's just going to go back to a lot of it could have been cut. We did not need the demon vampires or Jasper's points of view at all. We did not need Roger's point of view at all. Mm -mm. Like Those scenes easily could have been cut. We didn't need Michael's point of view. We didn't need Michael's point of view. Yeah, let's leave it to the two main characters. So like structurally, I think that was the biggest thing for me. It's just like there was so much extra stuff that could have been cut structurally and we just didn't need it. So let's go now. So that was kind of world building, like the world, like there weren't a lot of rules that were kept to. Again, it might be too like throughout the series. It's solidified a little bit more. She's giving you enough as a jumping off point a little yeah. bit. But then it just leaves a lot of questions. And maybe that's a tactic. I don't know. Maybe it's like, oh, well, maybe I should read on more to continue yeah, to learn about this. Books. But if, if we were to read the whole series, I would be curious if there is more of that world building and rules and what applies to these characters and creatures. But as a one-off, just picking up a book it up. from the series, it nope. was not clear. So we read, I read a lot of Ruby Dixon, Ice Planet of Barbarians. We keep bringing that up. But she has a, she also has a dragon series. And she's got, in her series, she has 25 books per world that wow. she builds. So, like, Ice Planet Barbarians is, like, 25 and counting. Then she's got, like, her dragons, which is, like, 10 books. But in each book, she'll still put the basis of the world, like, oh, this is this thing. Because she knows that people just pick these books up and read it. Like, I didn't read the first one when I read Ice Planet Barbarian. I read, like, the second or third. And those books are significantly shorter, and she still manages to do that. Exactly. And I understood everything that was happening it yeah. wasn't confusing to me at all so it's it's just editing it's just yeah. like cutting it down and editing like a tighter edit 
So we're getting into our smut scenes. So how many smut scenes? I I chose him. I think there were six. I was going to say four or five. Yeah. Four or five. They were kissing. Oh, there might be. Oh, Oh, I was was counting the sex they had in the two, the night and the day. So, but those, that there was more than that. Yeah. I also counted him getting an erection as one. (laughs) (laughs) And did you count the montage where it's like they just gloss over all the places they had sex? Okay. Yeah. They're about five or six. So uh, is that about standard? I feel like we've had some with fewer. And we've had some with some fewer and some with more. With like more. the erotica we read, addicted, had like every oh, chapter, oh, every chapter, but it was great sex. <laughs> like yeah. it was emotional. It built on the characters. Mm-hmm. They bonded emotionally, so it was fun, and it was not. I don't think it was too much. Well, it was erotica, so it's erotica. It's allowed right? to have a yeah. lot. They usually hit first kiss. Some like fooling around, oral sex, penetrative sex, and then probably one more penetrative sex scene. So it's about one or six two. About, yeah, yeah. yeah okay. it's about six scenes. Yeah. So, do you guys have a favorite? No. It was so tainted. Yeah. By everything else, it was really tainted because it was like child is probably victimized, or someone wants to victimize a child. Sex. sex. Yeah. I didn't get into any of the sex. I didn't. Nope. nope. Mm. I, not to say like there wasn't scenes that could be sexy and and hot and if listeners did enjoy some of those scenes that's fine that's fine like, don't don't feel judged There's don't feel judged that you enjoy it but i i just was very distracted yeah yeah that's I, a good word uh, i was distracted yeah. maybe i'll go back and i'll read them and i'll be like "Ooh, this is spicy but yeah you're right i was distracted by the fact that these children's murderous father was trying to attack them yeah. and sell them no he wasn't gonna sell them he was just <laughs> oh he's just gonna them. give them gift, gift them. give them yeah that's right so. Do we want to talk about the um, euphemisms? Because that's what I just love yeah, touching our, on. Yeah, our euphemisms. This book was just like, for me at least, because this is something I, I am newer to romance. I don't know if we've talked about that, but I started reading it like basically to do this podcast. Okay. <laughs> and so for me, the euphemisms have always been like one of the funniest parts or the best parts. You could be like, oh, that's really sexy. Or you're like, that's really jarring within this moment. Yeah. His and sword do. <laughs> Oh man, I know her um, <laughs> hormonal haze. I'm gonna tell her Beyonce that. That's He's so gonna be good. very uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, oh, gonna be like, don't do that to Alex. Please, <laughs> yeah. what are you talking about? <laughs> we all gotta test this yeah. some to some degree. One of these yeah. lines, just to see how well it lands. But for me, a lot of it seemed almost immature, or mm-hmm. like she was. Oh, we don't say those words. Like we don't say penis and vagina. Like that's like too yeah. vulgar. I did see one or two vaginas. She did use them, but it was very sparingly. And I noticed when she did because there were some parts I thought it would would have been more appropriate just to use the more like scientific term like penis or vagina, and she didn't. And then there were the times she did. I was like, oh, okay, good job. I thought you were not capable of doing that the first sex scene and it's almost before she faints and this is a sentence (laughs) she was fast climbing to another climax heightened by the slapping wet sounds of his private male parts smacking against her female no longer (laughs) no longer private parts like that is not sexy like i remember i actually slapping should not be private parts and private private parts it reminds me like so i take you like a fish Like, I had to go piece of the wet. Where did this fish come from? (laughs) From Lake Mead. (laughs) (laughs) Like, and I just, I I honestly had to go back and reread the sentence. I was like, she did not write it like that. She just, she did not do that. And she did. And I was like, that is not a hot, sexy scene. That was like, not sexy. Bad. 
His wet private parts slapping against her not so private parts. Is that because why why was his private and hers was not? I don't know. Judgment. Yeah. 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 That's really the only thing it comes down to just like earlier when you were like, it's racism. And I was like, yeah, yes. (laughs) Yeah. So that's just it was again just really weird. That's really gross. Yeah. Is that your favorite of the passages? <laughs> <laughs> my it's least mine. favorite. It's mine because um, it makes me want to never have sex again that's in my life. So gross. Yeah, think of yeah. like that was the only thing. <laughs> <laughs> so, do you want to? <laughs> no. Do you want to slap so our private parts together? together? <laughs> we should try that line. <laughs> <laughs> You definitely have to practice the delivery of that one, but you have to be serious. Yeah, yeah. In the doorway, what do you say about what a do you say? slapping wet? <laughs> I don't think I could. I'd have to practice. So that just that's what stood out to me. Not as I don't have a favorite passage, but mm. I just know I've mentioned the euphemisms in the past, and this one just was probably one of the worst, if not the worst Stand one we've outs. had. Yeah. and it's a standout. We'll go to the smidometer. One is going to be. Dirty dancing, where you see a bare shoulder moving just Ooh. slightly. And then 10 is the Outlander wedding scene. Where does this fall on this? Oh, in the middle line? scene, five is Titanic. Five is Titanic, scene. the car scene. Hmm. Where does this fall for you guys? Oh, gosh. I don't even know if I could I put mean, it on the meter. From, it's a one for me. From it's a one. like one. an explicit standpoint, it's probably like up there. From like how explicit it is, it's probably like six or seven, yeah. I would say. Well, if it's like using that scale in terms of like the think, emotions evoked from what you're describing, like well, the 10, 5, and 1. I think it's more like titillation. Like how sexy is it? Like, opposed to explicit. As opposed okay. to explicit. Yeah. Like that. how sexy I would say did f- you feel? Three, three, four. Three, four. Okay. Mm, two or three probably pretty down there for me i just was not really into the sex scenes very much i'm gonna say a two two or four because yeah like you were saying i would maybe want to reread the sex scenes as like a standalone yeah as standalone yeah yeah so i think i did do that with a couple of them and it was like it just was really hard not to be tainted but standalone might be a little bit better i think that's a good point yeah i would say two to four yeah i wouldn't mind reading i because i marked them off even if you read a standalone it's got that wet private parts in it (laughs) it's just so gross yeah Yeah, i would say three i'll cut the difference i'll say a three yeah Mm -hmm. and then the other one the next one is romance and emotional connection so no one is going to be uh, a star star wars episode two where he says you are so beautiful (laughs) and 10 is going to be the fountain scene and atonement which is such a great scene what's five is there five no i mean what is five we don't have a five i I think it's just like pedal to the metal either you gotta do you don't okay uh, what do you what do you say? It's uh, like not on this scale. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's so low. It's really not. I'd say a one. Yeah. I'd say a one. Like one. I would say you could put mortar on par with Anakin. Yeah. Like his delivery mm-hmm. and like not really seeming to understand things. Yeah. And yeah. Being like kind of distant but then not. I didn't have like that yearning. Like he didn't feel like he was like yearning for her. He's like he's really she's really hot and I want to have sex with her. I'm shocked at that, but I just do. And I'm shocked. Yeah, yeah this is weird. But it wasn't like he didn't bond with her emotionally. It was more about him being like, well, we're faded mates, and I think you're hot. Let's get married. I didn't. I can finally have sex I again. I can finally have sex again. But he so, couldn't really. Not really. Yeah, that's can't really because of Michael, the archangel. That's true. Just being a cock block. 
it's a one on romance and emotional connection, I think, for everyone, pretty yeah. much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Does this book pass the Bechdel test? It does. It does. I was thinking I about think that so, the other yes. day. It really? technically she and Darla does. talk about the kids. Oh, they that's right. The yeah. They yeah. talk about the Roger. They, they talk about Well, well that Roger's his oh, man. Right. Yeah. Even though it's man. not a romantic thing, it still wouldn't. Yeah. They talk yeah. about the kids. She talk about they talk about the kids and about how awful the kids are. She talks about how the kids are rugrats, and then Miranda's like, you can't call children rugrats. I was like, really? Rugrats? What? Not the worst. So yes, it does pass the Bechdel test. Does it almost makes you feel that the Bechdel test might be broken. Right. <laughs> yeah, like how? How did that happen? That's surprising to me, but I mean, thinking, I think that might be the only scene. Though. Also, Carlotta threatened to kill Miranda. They talked to each other about oh, that. They did. Oh, yeah. 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 yeah that's right. They did. She's like, I'm going to kill you. She's like, please don't yeah and so she says passes. something and then oh no she passes. offers to help carlotta like by giving her like counseling and then carlotta like storms out oh, yeah. yeah does the cover match the book no no <laughs> no especially the, no. Wings. Wings. the wings. wings he doesn't have wings, wings. the wings. wings but he is like cute on the, the on this hugo cover boss. i think my our cover is the hugo boss oh i think you're it right could be. The it could be this one is just in his duster with all the pockets where he keeps all his also when you were talking about him like laying his cape gently in the back seat, I imagined it like clunking, Clinking. clanging. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. All of his tools. <laughs> like how are things not spilling like, out of it? That's what I imagined. Do you guys want to see what this was rated or hear the yeah. rating? Yeah, yeah I'd be interested. <clears throat> so Goodreads out of seven hundred and seventy-one ratings, out of five stars, this was rated a four point two five. No. Yeah, that's wrong. That's better than a yep. lot of books on Goodreads. Yeah, like, most yeah. of them are. In, that's like, better a- than Duchess Steel. Wait, is, really? So this yep. is like this specific book. This specific book. Not the series. Not the series. This one book was rated 4.25 out of 5. most books on Goodreads have like, like a 3.89. Three and a half and a 4. Yeah. Really? That's what I found. Yep. Yeah, most books like in yeah. general that are like widely read. That's yeah, Duchess, shocking. This is better than Duchess Steel. I think Duchess Steel had like a 4.2 or a 4.15. Wow. That makes me angry. Yeah. Oh, on yeah. Kindle out of... Out of 83 ratings on Kindle for this specific book, it had a 4.7 out of 5. 4.7? 4.7 out That's of That's so high. Five. This woman made money off this. How? I don't know. I have no idea. I mean, I almost feel like there's something really fishy going on. Right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, we we really try not to be super biased negative and, and biased. Negative, but th- but like, this, this is... Unless she has a very specific audience and those are all the people that went on and rated That's it. That's true. And then they all like it because this is the content they like. Yeah, it could just be the content. People are kind of like in a bubble of the stuff that they read. Like, mm-hmm. I know I I try to like branch out on the romance that I read. But again, I like a brooding hero. So I w- probably not like a charming, flirty hero. Those mm-hmm. books just aren't for me. So I don't read them. That's a good point. Especially with like romance novels, you know, mm-hmm. you go to what you like and specific. Yeah. Like, and you can tell what kind of book it's going to be based on the back. Right. But still, like, when I read the back, I was like, oh, this might be cool. Even just like, usually, story like, story wise. Like yes. Yeah, okay. So, also, their dangers were never like interconnected. Nope. Yeah. No. So, like, which would have been way more interesting if, like, Clarence, that's what I think I was hoping was that Clarence would maybe turn into, like, a Lucifer. Which they were alluding to. Yeah. And then be like, we're going to just kill all of you or, like, <gasps> turn you into, like, yeah. demons too or gonna, something. Yeah, he yeah. was going to have that extra power getting them. Because she was setting him up as this really awful, scary villain. 
And that would have been super interesting for them to just actually awful. be connected. Yeah. But Mortar, no, he went off and f- was fighting in this other, yep. not even a battle. It was like a fight. Just it was like just a one fight. little fight. And then she was being and kidnapped. Jasper it was just away. two different storylines the entire time. And so it was no crossover. <laughs> Nothing. Yeah. <laughs> now that we say that, okay, his brother went and saved her. Well, sure. Why not? After talking about it, I think the one word that I've come up with for my experience reading this book is bewildered. <laughs> yeah. Shocked. What did I just read? That's what, like, confused at the end. I was just, what was the point? Okay, so this is the big question, the question we're all waiting for. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Kelsey, would you read this book? She has four main points. First. First is no. Second, she says that it's so problematic that this should not be allowed to be written down and sent out to the public, and it's mind-boggling that this was published. Third, she said there's only a concept plot that if the dad coming back from jail had been fleshed out, that would have been really great, but nothing ever comes to fruition. It's like little vignettes, little scenes, like there's no plot. It's just like this thread of there are these children and this woman who need help. Fourth, (laughs) for Kelsey says that she was so bored that she actually fell asleep sleep while we were talking about the book and she woke up and we were she said she felt like it was like a half an hour and she said we were still talking about the same scene <laughs> which probably was true it's fair That's so what i felt like reading it it's not a story it's not cohesive no sorry sandra it's gonna be a no from me and from kelsey thank you caitlin for being here thank you caitlin for being here yeah. thank you guys for having thank you. me thank you for joining us on that do you have any last yeah. any last words any um i any don't words? i don't <laughs> <laughs> you're tied um, to evangel you gotta have a mic no. don't think i'll be reading the series um but i am curious about some of the other books you mentioned so we can okay. talk offline on those thank you for listening you can recommend a book send us a listener review for an upcoming title or just send your thoughts over to read at gmail.com Follow our upcoming reviews on Instagram at readsmutpodcast. You can rate us on iTunes and subscribe on any podcast app. And remember, read smut. Next episode, we'll be reviewing Craving It All by Katie Wilde. I'm still bewildered. I want to find the holy water wipes. (laughs) We're cutting this out. Whoop, whoop.